Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash radio, and you can get access to over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Running the uh, Arby's social media account, can we talk about that? Like that dude, that dude or that gal, they're on point, man. Like, I, let, let's just all right. For all intents and purposes, let's be completely honest with each other. Like Arby's serves its food out of a dumpster. That it just it deep fries said dumpster. Like like hobo status, but like with a with a Dickies barbecue presentation. Okay, but it then takes that like that hobo trash, fries it. And then delivers, like, really, like, ridiculous fucking, like, game-referencing, like, puns or, dare I say, food memes. I think they're the only people that can... Is that a thing? Can you do, like... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about, like, you know, woman eats salad alone memes, but I'm talking about, like, like actual memes built and, and constructed entirely out of food. So, like, a gore meme. Uh-huh. Oh, no... Well, that's over. So you opened that box, man. He did. He kind of set you up for it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like Arby's they they have a sauce called Bronco Berry sauce. If you can get away with having a sauce called Bronco Berry, that's not a thing. The Bronco Berry is not a fruit, is it? <laughs> I hope it's not. If it is, then my apologies for the fruit eating community. But Bronco Berry is not a thing. If they can just start making up stuff now, then you know whatever. Let them do memes. I mean, it's. It's Arby's. You know, it's funny, though, because everybody, like, everybody gives attention to, like, Nihilist Arby's, the parody account. Oh, it's amazing, yeah. It's amazing, yeah, but dude, it's like, it's as if Arby's, like, saw this non-existent threat to their, their internet cred, and they had but to saw the But saw the fact that it was popular, like, those motherfuckers, we're the ones, we're the ones that are supposed to be popular, we're gonna do the internet, too. Yeah, no, but like, gotta jump on that bandwagon, dude. Like, Street Fighter mm-hmm. Five came out, so mm-hmm. then they actually did like they made commands for the Hadouken, like on a wrapper with their shitty fried trash sticks. That, that's what happened with when Mad Cats did all these layoffs. Man, Mark Man went to Arby's. Community manager at Mad Cats got laid off. Now he's at Arby's. So wait, Mark Man's no longer with Mad Cats because I yeah. still feel like he's. So is he just like doing charitable shoutouts now? He's or? he he's just totally into the fighting game community. Like he still does giveaways. He still has, I'm sure, kind of a relationship with Mad Cats. Maybe not as an employee, but maybe just as an ambassador to that community. And obviously, Mad Cats being a, a pretty big manufacturer of arcade sticks, being one of the, like one of the really big accessory makers for that that scene that genre. He's just he's in the community, you know, but I think his 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 obligations, his job went up up into the release of Street Fighter five, like with the whole Lupe fiasco and Daigo match. As soon as that was over, that was like the next day he started posting. Hey, this is like my last official thing with Mad Cats after this. Uh, he actually moved on to in in all in all, you know, joking aside, he actually moved on to be Evo's like public relations director, I think is what he actually took on. So he's he's actually going to be in charge of doing Evo stuff now, 
which makes sense. He's he's huge he's always the been there anyway. I always thought he was yeah. a part of it in an official capacity to some extent. Anyway, yeah, yeah, he was he was technically Mad Cat's community manager, oh, but crazy. obviously I still thought he was doing shit because he's doing yeah he's doing like giveaways and he's always done that for, under the Mad like Cat's banners and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure he probably still has a relationship with them. If not working for them, he'll probably have sponsorship through them, especially with his you know working with Evo now and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I just I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I'd work at Arby's PR man. Get hooked I, up with all. I get hooked up with all those those big roast beefs, man. Dude, but yeah, like the fucking <laughs> the triforce, biggest, the biggest roast beefs. Oh, dude, their roast beef looks like fucking like Mountains. fried chewed bubble gum. It's the worst. It's all right, I'll take it, oh, man. That I'll sounds gross. Put yeah. it on my face, make it into a roast beef mask. Yeah, does can does, does Canada <laughs> have an Arby's? I I I'm not entirely sure, but I'm curious. You you guys either have what we have, or you have like a cooler equivalent of it. Yeah, what would be the equivalent of like a fast food joint that serves like it's it's like hot Deep subway fried? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Hot subway would be like Jimmy John's or Togo's or fucking Quiznos. No, yeah. um, this would be like, oh god, like if like. Jesus. Okay, I, I think I got this. If like Sizzlers and no, that is that's not a thing around here. Really? Wow. That's oh weird. God, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> God. All right, no, I got this though. There's like another really gross like sandwich place. Um. All right, yeah. I guess if it's like if like fucking Jimmy John's give you like a really like physical colonoscopy that just like totally like like your butthole has a coronary. And then, like, Ugh. out of it, like, yeah, it, it's, like, the worst game of confetti. That I really like find. Arby's, though, honestly. I think around here, Arby's is, like, a step up from the other fast food places. Like, Burger King is the place you go when McDonald's lines too long at, at breakfast time. No fucking so, way. Burger King is, like, Burger King and Taco Bell, in my opinion, they're, like, the only people that serve fish year-round. They have veggie burgers, okay? They have the Burger King Kids Club in some capacity, some of these older ones. So that's great. Like, it still makes me happy that there's one Burger King that still has KidVid, Wheels, Jaws, Lingo, Boomer, Snaps, IQ. Oh, shit, yeah, I named them all. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I Yeah, for me, I just, I feel like around here, at least, it's like, that's a step up. Like, basically, when it comes to fast food places, like, bottom tier is, like, Burger King, uh, kind of McDonald's in a way. Uh, Middle tier is, like, Wendy's and Arby's. High tiers like Chipotle. I wouldn't even put Chipotle in that same echelon, man. Chipotle, but, but yeah, I guess Chip- yeah, Chipotle doesn't have drive through, so I guess Chipotle you have to is it, like the, the drive through only. It's like the healthy gamble. Uh, it's it's like the healthier gamble that you find with Denny's. Like, but is it you get a great? You either get a great mm-hmm. Chipotle or you get a fucking stand that serves you a botulism burrito. Yeah, exactly. So. And then and then you can go and get free burritos because they gotta just do that PR spin. Oh, I already got my free dude. I could live on Chipotle. I got that, two. I got two, man. Motherfucking sofritas burritas. So it's safe Chipotle, to say that please. you didn't get the burritos. No, no. Well, yeah, man. We played Russian roulette with burritos, and we did not lose. So. <laughs> well, it's here's the thing. The location in my town in particular is linked to four of the E. coli outbreaks. So Uh-oh. I just, I just <laughs> went to the, like, the yeah, straight up, like, oh, fucking <laughs> spinning that chamber. Uh, no, oh, d- d- uh, that's not spinning the chamber. That's that's like having that, the gun pointed right at your face and then just maybe slipping on and something. Then, like and a, yeah, an and, then, and you just sort of, Whoops. you know, 
fondle your lips over the barrel, and and then you just muffle like bring it. So yeah, no. <laughs> um, no, I just went over to the town over, and uh, I, I don't know. I I chose a Chipotle that was like right next to Sprouts, and some for some reason I'm like I have a good feeling about that one. I never ate at it, and wouldn't you know it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was fine. Yeah. Speaking of which, man, that Lupe fiasco. All right. Uh, I'm calling, <laughs> dude. I'm calling bets that it was rigged. Like, maybe, maybe, possibly. I, I think the main thing. I, I, I kind of went back and kind of like listened to people talk about it. They thought they were like they basically just did like the best to three. Like basically, whoever got the first two wins would win. But there was no run back. There was no you know two out of three matches. Like you know normally they do tournaments. They do like two out of three matches, not two out of three rounds. And that's all they did was two out of three rounds. And I think maybe. You know, it being a new game, Daigo got a perfect on him at one point. Maybe he was just kind of feeling him out because he thought he had more time and opportunity to, like, get, you know, an idea of how to run the match. And then when that third match happened, he got beat. He thought there was more after that, but they called it after that. So I don't think they were actually thinking it was going to stop right then and there. I mean, regardless, though, yeah, it seems like that'd be a, a interesting for, I mean, Lupe, don't, don't get me wrong. He's actually not bad. He's not, you know, he's not. Daigo good, but he's not terrible. I mean, you have to give him a little bit of credit. He's not terrible. He's definitely a better Street Fighter player than he is a musician. I'll give well, him that. That I, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with his body of work, so I'll take your word for it. But should should uh, we should we open up the show with a Lupe fiasco hit? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess it's not, the only time we ever have me listen to it. Apparently, is if it's on the uh, start of the podcast. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but yeah, so I don't know it. It could very well have been. I mean, obviously, they're trying to approach this new Street Fighter as more of a casual, like, hey, everyone can jump in and play. Everyone can be good at this game. You don't have to be a tournament player. You can be just a casual player and still get we'll into it. We'll, we'll sure. talk about sure. that. Sure. Sure. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about that. But speaking of talking and other stuff involved with a podcast about talking with video games in particular, we have one. Yeah. And as it turns out, yeah. Yeah, and this latest episode of Press Pause Radio, which we're, we're getting really close to number 100, we're going to take some time to talk about, uh, we're going to get personal pause radio here. Um, we're, we're just going to basically have a fun little topic where we uh, discuss what we think, in our earnest opinions, make for the best games that are structured around uh, playing them with your significant other, or games that are best... Uh, accommodable for that sort of situation. I mean, there's a lot of cooperative games, but there are certain games that I think encourage a, a certain degree of intimacy that you can have with your 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 BFF uh, WF. So that that's your BFF who you fuck. So um, or or something to that effect. So yeah, we're we're gonna talk about that and and a lot of more, lots more, always more. So. Yeah, let's uh, let's get that fucking Lupe fiasco. Mute. Wait, no, we'll oh, do the no. theme. <laughs> we'll do the theme and then uh, Lupe fiasco afterwards.
okay, so I'm trying to think of the the, the song right now. I'm gonna I'll, I'll tell you guys it right now. It has something to do kick push. That's what it fucking is. It it it's just him skating, but like I swear to God, it's like a five minute song that just like immediately like rhythms back to the fucking chorus. Like it loops back to the chorus in in such a like a cycle with so little measures that I, I I swear to you, it's like if somebody fucking left a DVD menu like on standby and it's just looping the same fucking. That's what it feels like listening to it two minutes in. So, anyway, yeah, this is Press Pause Radio. Uh, this is this is the guy who I guess uh, he he's roasting Lupe Fiasco pretty hard. This is Georgie Boy's axe. How are you guys? I I'm okay. That's Andrew. He's yeah. very ambivalent towards Lupe Fiasco. <laughs> I, I I don't have anything good or bad to say. I think that he had a pretty cool jacket. Yeah, I was going to say, and dude, his jacket he, game was on point. He, he gave the jacket to Daigo, and he bowed to him, and he showed some proper respect. And, you know, I, I think it's not a bad thing that someone with his uh, celebrity is, you know, involved in the fine game community, even in the small sense. But, hey, like that, you know, like, regardless of, like, music or what they've done or who they are, like getting eyes on that community and trying to turn the stigmata that that community has had for years and try and make it more mainstream is cool. Like I'm all, I'm all for it, man. Like let's make this, you know, something that casual people and, and people that don't normally play fighting games would want to get into. If that means we bring in rappers that I'm not familiar with, then Hey, more power to him, man. I'm not going to hate on it. A, it's only a matter of time before like Kanye gets whiff of it. If he knows he can make some money out of it, he's already made his game. He's already made it. Dude, he, I'm sure you'll probably see it at GDC, man. Yeah, you're you're going to have to go uh, play it. That one that's revolving around is like his, his dead mother or something like that. Yeah, like you have to like go oh to heaven God. or something like that. Yeah. So, so weird. Mm hmm. Um, Can't wait. I'm, 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 I'm going to kickstart the shit out of that game. I still feel like, <laughs> dude, I really feel like he's planning like this huge goof. Like, I, I really like I'm getting the longest, like, some... the longest of cons, you think? Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like he was really inspired by, like, the Joaquin Phoenix documentary. <laughs> and then he was just like, fuck this, dude. I know I could roast on people harder. He's just, he's, he's, just he's, he's in too deep now. Like, he's he's kind of like... He's gone he's, native. He's, he's living <laughs> that person. He's living that he's living that persona now. Like, he can't get out of it. Like, dude, I think I think he was... This is something he threw his chips in with, like, the moment he, he married fucking Kim. And he was uh-huh. just like, this is, this is the long con, dude. This is what I'm going to do. I... I have I have pretty strong feelings towards it, man. I think that's what's up. I don't know. I mean, I'll we'll keep you updated. We'll we'll have a Kanye watch at some sure, point. Sure. Um. But yeah, and then somebody who can give a shit less about whether or not Kanye lived or died. We have Sarah. How you doing, Sarah? Not too bad. Tired, but not bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry to hear that you're tired, but uh, you have been keeping yourself very, very busy. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he can't talk about the stuff. But yeah, sure I know. I, we're yeah, get, we're getting some like Yoshitatsu commentary here. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, it's, oh it's, man, yeah. you're, you're you're going on that Wrestle Kingdom tip right now. Oh, dude. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's I I I, 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 I also I also like it. His style. <laughs> I I like it. Um. I mean, we'll 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 talk about that at another point in time, which is appropriate. Sure. But, yeah. um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. We might actually have a shorty here, It's which is nice. I mean, 
a shorty in terms of news, but definitely there's been plenty of games that have come out, and there's been plenty that's been played that we'll definitely get into. Hell, we might even be able to slip into select feedback. That that would be nice. We can just use that to fill some air. Talk to people. Um, yeah. So we've got the what's in your console segment. We're just going to go and head right into that. Well, okay, let me reverse for a bit because apparently I'm really bad at I'm already fucking up the hosting uh, we're going to talk about eh, more of like a this just in sort of news, something that actually just came to play, not to date the episode too much in terms of like behind the scenes recording and whatnot. But uh, there there is a supposed leak that we're just going to, you know, gab about the legitimacy of. And uh, we'll get into that. Then we're going to go into what's in your console, uh, depending on uh, how much we cover, we will then consider some select feedback because we do have some emails from you guys which we do appreciate that we can totally just uh throw up for the show and then finally feature topic we're just going to talk about uh having a couple's games games that like are ideal to enjoy with a spouse significant other or a bff wf so uh stuff that can definitely go into that as well as just like the whole subgenre of it i mean there's even a few uh, indie games that really cap like they, they capitalize on that sort of theme. So we'll, we'll go into all that. But until then, let's go ahead and head into this uh, little sublet of news. Yeah. Uh, and this one right here, I dedicate this one right here to all my homies out there grinding. You know what I'm saying? Legally and illegally. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? So check it out. Uh. First got it when he was six, didn't know any tricks. Matter of fact, first time he got on it, slip, landed on his hip, and busted his lip. For Kick, a week, he had to talk push. To See, like, I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this fucking, this nonsense. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, so earlier, if you guys have frequented the internet recently, uh, you'll notice that uh, it's been reported, and then uh, there, there's been, like, there's been a lot of confusion about it because, like, even talking about it prior to the show, uh, there were, like, a lot of parody Nintendo accounts that I saw on Twitter um, that couldn't really make heads or tails on just the legitimacy of it. It was initially uh, leaked out by Nerd Leaks. Uh, and I believe this was something that was discovered through uh, a trademark that was filed by Nintendo that then showed up on NeoGAF, and then, like, some outlets went crazy with it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, that just went further into, like, the Nintendo parody, but... Uh, uh, Twitter accounts. But other more established outlets and their various sources and what they've been able to determine is that the trademark filing is legitimate and that... Uh, Nintendo has filed for Pokemon Sun and Moon, as well as there's also been a leak of the logos. However, you know, Pokemon tr trademarks uh, aren't necessarily uncommon. And, and I feel like Nintendo's definitely... I mean, they, I know they've, uh, they've trademarked Pokemon Gray, and that fucking went nowhere. Uh, then they did something else, and I can't remember. But they... I, I heard uh, Emerald... Had got trademarked after Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire came out. Yeah. That was one I had heard about a while ago. But we should actually also kind of, a caveat to that is, with all this going on, the leaks and, and everything that's been reported on today, 
there is a Nintendo Direct happening tomorrow morning as we record this. This will be um, about, well, almost about 12 hours from now. They're going to have a Nintendo Direct that's going to be only five minutes long, which is about Pokemon. And it's also on the heels of the 20th anniversary that's going to be technically on this Saturday, the 27th of February, to date our podcast even more. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, there is a 20th anniversary event going on Saturday. There's a Nintendo Direct going on tomorrow. So yeah, you would assume some stuff would get leaked out a little early. Someone would probably jump the gun on some, you know, website postings or, uh, HTML coding. Uh, but what I had originally seen, not to kind of like jump back to what you were talking about, George, but what I had, I had seen initially was, uh, uh, some websites like Eurogamer running it. And, um, it was based on the Nintendo parody account it was nintendo of america yeah which but, people but have it's, already... it's, the, it's the actual username but they have their actual name as nintendo of america so if you don't look at the username you don't know it's not real uh i don't know i don't think it's i don't think it's true even if they've registered the trademarks i don't think they're gonna go that route i mean I, i'm surprised they'd go with the new generation i i kind of assumed they would pick up with going back to x and y and doing the z that everyone's been talking about but well, I mean, in terms, like, in the realm of Pokemon, like, Nintendo's really all over the place because they've announced a brand new Pokemon and they debuted it within, like, the Kuro Kuro magazine, like, a, about a month ago. And it's like a, it's a steel type. It looks like one of their new event legendaries, Diancie. Um, and they said it'll make its debut officially within the newest movie along with, like, new forms for one of the legendaries off of X and Y, Zygarde, Mm -hmm. um, from what was translated roughly out of that article. They've got Pokemon Go, which has been surprisingly quiet, so I can only assume that the Direct... I I figured that a a good portion of the Direct would cover that. A a huge portion of the Direct is definitely going to be thrown behind promoting a Pokémon tournament, uh, which should be coming out, if not next month, April, I want to say. Oh, it is March. So, yeah, it is coming yep. out next. Yes, because it's also coming out on the heels of Twilight Princess HD. Email so. Pikachu does a stunner. You know I'm going to play it. Yeah. I have to play it. Uh, dude, that, that Pika Libre. Pikachu Libre, man. Um, so, there there's that going on. And then, aside from that as well, as you had mentioned, it's the 20th anniversary. And throughout the entire year... Every goddamn legendary, like event legendary from the, like Mew, just finished its run this month. So, if you guys missed out on it, you're gonna have to either trade or or find some other unscrupulous method of being able to get a Mew. But uh, various various sources, anywhere from I I think it's only the store that shall not be named was like running the promotion. But Mew and then yes. Uh, Celebi as well as Darkcry will be the new legendaries. There's an entire schedule that's been released for it all the way out through the end of 2016. And, and I actually like, know yeah. some of them, sadly, because not I, I don't know. I don't know this, but I do know four of them that are going to be at the store that shall not be named. There uh, there's Darkrai in May. There's Arceus in August and Genesect in November. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. See, nice. Andrew yeah. is not a Pokemon I know about master. Pokemon. Dude, I am far from it. <laughs> yeah, Andrew is a Digimon champion. Uh, yeah, man, that Yu-Gi-Oh! I got that on point, son. Uh, yeah, he, there's also that. He's a dual master. So. I am. Is that the one with the wrist thing? <laughs> is that the one? <laughs> Yokai Watch, dude. Hey, oh, can we talk okay. about... Man, did Yokai fucking bomb here? I mm-hmm. think it's super bombing because I see... Oh, yeah. No, a no one cares shitload about of Yokai merch, like... 
in Barnes and Noble and other weird like novelty uh, storefronts. They're really and trying. nobody's talking about it. Like nope, they're really trying hard. To but make that in Japan, Pokemon. but in Japan, meanwhile, Yokai Watch is like fucking rivaling that of like The Force Awakens in terms of like box office results and like right. merchandise sales. That's just goddamn, dude. You, well, you I, I hear a lot of people talking about, like, the cartoon and stuff like that. So it's not totally bombing up here. Mm, I, 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 it's just, it's a weird. I, I personally, I still don't get it. When I look at it, I'm like, this just looks like if, like, Pokemon and Shaman King had a dumpster baby. Yeah, like, but it's not. Is, have you played it yet, though? I haven't played it yet. And people talk right. it's like Dragon Quest. It's like no, Dragon no, it's, Quest. It's better than that. Better than that. Or Shin Megami it's, Tensei for babies. Well, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, it's it's basically a an SMT light, and it's really good for it too. It's not bad at all. Hmm. I mean, I'll check it out, man. I'm not like I'm not downing on it. I'm. It's just it's funny to me how like you see something like this get so big over mm-hmm. in the land of the east, and then it's yeah nowhere near as big. So I I don't know, but. I can, you know, I could see a new generation, but like the way I looked at it, if there was any truth to this, I can totally see like Nintendo and Game Freak pulling a swerve and just these being like a a subset of sequels for Pokemon X and Y with the or just like new Pokemon game, new story, but no new generation of pokes. Just the same. I mean, dude, they're like they're 731 deep. Mm-mm. It's like I'm. It's just you know, like rounded off to an even thousand and one, <laughs> and yeah, like dude, we got it. Like one of them's a ring of keys. Like <laughs> fucking, I you know. Our subsequent well, evolutions, like more keys on the ring. Oh snap! Like uh, a fo- I got like a fob keys on there. I would say the subsequent a evolution la- a would be a garage door opener. Mm. Like that, that's <laughs> but, the but, only thing that like makes sense for me. Either that or like. A sweet safe or lock. Um, no, dude, and like, and they've already done something. Like, if anything, I could see new mega evolutions. That's totally feasible. Like oh, that yeah. is that is a thing that has plenty of untapped potential. But like, yeah, man, and like, we live in a day and age where like Pokemon spinoffs are dope. Like the new Mystery Dungeon, you saw the review for it on the site. I like it. In fact, it's the only Mystery Dungeon game I think you should play. Uh, in comparison to the other ones, because it really does, it it finally captures all the shit that was missing beforehand. People mm-hmm. are Plus, like, like, doesn't it have all of the Pokemon in it? It has all of the Pokemon in it, except Bam. for there's like, uh, there's actually like, I think somebody actually hacked it and already checked that they the upcoming Pokemon will be. Yeah, I think it actually does have all the Pokemon in it. Um. It just sucks now because, like, if I wanted to go back and play it, nobody's playing it anymore. So a lot of the community aspects of it uh, don't hold up. But at the time, they did. Um, but community aspects on a 3DS game is still really strange territory. So, like, unless you fucking take that thing to a con or, like, some some sort of event, it, you know, I, I don't see too much uh, traffic out of that. But I digress. Um there's there's still plenty of gas left in the Pokemon tank, man. It's it's really weird. And yeah, and this is twenty years. I like still remember I still remember my mom talking about how she nearly fist fought like another woman at KB Toys to get me Pokemon Blue. And that thing was practically glued into my Super Game Boy. Hmm. Which was in it again, like 
this was like in my little garage area. I mean, getting super personal here in my little garage area where I did have like my hooked up stuff. I mean, dude, we had we had a Sega Saturn like we had fucking like the Golden Axe fighting game. Like we had some shit. And then here we are like completely hoveled around like this really low res like 8-bit looking monstrosity on my Super NES and we're talking all these different rumors yeah like Pokemon I I I know it's always weird to me like was there ever a point where like Pokemon seemed like it was dead and it was just like a fad in the water I feel like that only happened between like the third and fourth generation and then it's just been hot I just don't think I I think black and white was where it kind of like started slowing down or I didn't see as much momentum for black and white I feel like Diamond, yeah, Diamond, 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 like... Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum was pretty big, and that's when I was still into it. And then after that, I dropped off and yeah. didn't actually come back until X and Y came out. Black and White Two, where it just kind of, it just sort of reinforces that, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I was about to say that is the generation I skipped. Fucking ice cream yeah. cone. But um, <laughs> <laughs> like fucking ice cream cone. Like wh- there is a trash bag too. It's a goddamn yeah. trash bag. It, 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 it's like if they took like. Couple a pile of gears, right? Like I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like we we like to talk shit on that, but like I was talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like really hardcore, and like the Playmates figures. And at one point, I mean, Sarah, there's Monty Moose. He's a Canadian Mountie Moose who like fights against the Foot Clan. Then there's Half Court. He's a mutated giraffe or giraffe who's also plays a basketball. basketball player. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, he has a hoop stuck. Like, uh-huh. he wears a hoop for a fucking necklace. Like, he was hood. That motherfucker was hood rat before anybody was hood rat. Mm-hmm. And he fought. Like, you can't make this shit up. And, like, you can get into He-Man. At some point, man, like, if Pokemon wants to have, like, a key ring, a trash bag, and an ice cream cone... Like, it just sounds like the world's worst fraternity weekend, but, like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I know they've hit the bottom of the barrel, but I don't know if they've completely crumbled their, like, creative foundation foundation yet. So, who, who knows? But, yeah, I mean, Nintendo, if there's one entity that I can trust putting anything in space and making it work, it's Nintendo. Like... I mean, I know they've only done it once, but fuck it. Like, their two <laughs> biggest properties are Mario and Pokemon. Mm-hmm. You realize that? Pokemon's bigger than Zelda. So, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, but real talk, I wouldn't want Zelda in space, though. I don't know about that. Yeah. Unless, it, it would just remind me of, like, an airbrushed, like, stoner van. Like, the wizards and, like, the moon. And- oh, oh, now, yeah. now, I'm, now I'm actually interested. Keep on going. This is a pretty good pitch you got going on. Yeah, like... Yeah, but this is also, like, CDI Zelda territory, too. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and, I that's, think it was like, and that's where Zelda's we... Zelda's adventure is, like, hella 90s stoner van. Oh, yeah, you're... Yeah, yeah. Dude, let's let's go ahead and park this van back on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, just sure, stop this sure. trip. Yep. All right. Well, anyway, well, we can only see for the direct, and then if you guys got anything to say, come at us, like, fucking reply to us on our various networks of contact and we'll definitely discuss like what our thoughts were about the direct tomorrow and i'll talk Uh, about how i don't know anything about pokemon yeah dude like andrew's a resident digimon champion he's been have you have you wait hold on have you been playing because you know who actually is playing digimon i was gonna say i do actually yeah because i have her as a friend on psn yeah so Alyssa has been playing it and like she i can't tell 
I really can't tell like if she. I think she likes it. I yeah, think she there, likes there's it. so many. T- yeah, exactly. But there's so much doubt. So I'm waiting. I, we're we're excited to see what she comes back with it on for the site. But who knows? But anyway, let's uh let's go ahead and jump on in for uh what's in your console. Oh hey Andrew, what's going on, man? Hey, hey what's going on, dude? How you doing? Uh well, same old, same old, really. <laughs> ah, 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 dude, ah. What? How'd you do that? What happened? I, I tweaked something. I tweaked it. I think I tweaked Jeez. my elbow. God, oh, now it's the wrong kind ear- of tweak. It's these earbuds I wear. Like, I think I'm going to be working out, so I want to have the right earbuds to work out and run. But I end up just tripping over them and, and hurting myself like I just did. Yeah, you're subscribing to the wrong mm. kind of tweak there, pal. I mean, mm. speaking of earbuds, tweaked audio. Jesus. Tweaked audio. Dude, they're tangle free. Tangle-free earbuds that come in seven different styles and colors, and not only that, they allow for mic'd and non-mic'd versions, so that way you can use them anytime you're, I don't know, calling for a doctor, because it sounds like you're in a lot of pain. Right now, yeah, exactly. Yeah, those, they, those cost way too much money, though. I, I don't think I could afford a pair of earbuds that don't tangle, because they all do. They well, always tangle up. You know, dude, they are designed to sound great, and they're really cool for just about anything you need them for is because they got noise-reducing design. So with all these sweet features, you'd be in luck because we currently have a code that you can use on tweakedaudio.com right now. It's PPR. You just got to type PPR, and you'll be set from there. It's easy enough. Hey, Sarah, can you help me out, man? Like, I think I really hurt something. I need some help. Can you prop me up, please? Dude, what happened? Get up, man. So you you, te- you tripped over these things? Yeah, I, more like I fell over them, I think. <laughs> Honestly, Man, I hurt myself pretty bad. Why don't you have any tweaked? I mean, they're compatible with iPods, iPhones, and Android devices, so you really have no excuse. I mean, I guess, but like you said, there's a discount code. But I mean, am I really going to save a lot, you think, with this? Because I, I sure. really can't afford... I, I, I honestly tear up all my earbuds, like, all the time. Well, 33% off with free shipping and a lifetime warranty? How could you afford not to, dude? Lifetime of warranty would be amazing because I'm very, very clumsy. And also, I, I live on a limited income because I buy way too many earbuds. So I need to buy <laughs> one. I need to buy one pair and be done. So I think this is the one I'm going to get. Man, go to www.tweakedaudio.com and get your shit sorted out. Yeah, dude. Enter in the code PPR and you can get 33% off some new earbuds. Uh, but before we do that, let's. Let's get you to the nearest emergency uh, care, yeah? Yeah, yeah, can we ice this? Thank you. Okay. What's in your console? All right, so let's go. You know, we always start off with Andrew. Let's get Sarah. Sarah <laughs> I know, because mine always goes so quick. <laughs> yeah, you're going to go last, actually, Andrew. That's sure. That's what we're doing. Sure. Get ready to talk about Destiny for five minutes. I I have faith in you. You, you'll have more. I promise. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. <laughs> you, you tempt me. You wild temptress. All right, Sarah, what's in your console? All right. Well, um, I've been doing a lot of stuff over at Hayport Player, actually. So I've been reviewing a bunch of stuff with them. Um, bunch of stuff on, like, Steam. And I'm just going to kind of go through my list to make sure I don't miss anything important. <laughs> um uh, basically, well, actually, on uh, on the uh, the PS4, um, I had recently been reviewing what was it that I did? Arslan, the Warrior of Legends, or Warriors of Legend, rather. And it's basically okay. So it's based on a novel series which was written starting in the 1980s, 
and then it was adapted into manga and anime done by the same dude that did like uh, Full Metal Alchemist. And then oh. that was adapted over to a Warriors-style game on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I think there's going to be a PC version soon as well. But um, but yeah, it's definitely a Warriors game. But it's it's fun. Like it's, it's definitely a change of pace. Uh, the subject matter is interesting enough that you want to keep going and you know to see to see where it all goes. But uh, but yeah, at its core, it's it's definitely a Warriors game. And I, I'm not sure if it was implemented into others, but like. There's these points on the battlefield when you're up against like, you know, two or three thousand guys where um, you can go into it and you can trigger like this super uh, the, the super move where you gather a ton of dudes and then you can just kind of stampede across huge swaths of the battlefield. So it's easy to get like a 16,000 hit combo. Huh. So, um, yeah, that, that was a pretty fun one, actually. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. There's like a it, it kind of just looked like a Warriors like a dynasty game to me when I saw a lot of it. It's not like mm-hmm. that at all. No, no, it totally is. Yeah. Like I said, okay. it's it's a Warriors game at its core. Definitely. Yeah. So just it's, like, not, uh, it's not it's not like those kind of combos are small in comparison to what you get with a Warriors game. Like it just I imagine more craziness when it comes to the combat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, some of the some of the uh, the combos you can get later in the uh, later in the game are pretty insane. And there's yeah. like a ton of different characters and they all have different abilities. Um and, you know, like other Warriors games, like you'll start on one part of the battlefield and then you'll you'll play that bit and then it'll jump to like the other corner where other guys are doing an, an attack uh, from that from that vantage point And you mm-hmm. sort of meet up in the middle to fight the boss. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's pretty great. Like I hadn't really played a Warriors game since like uh, Dynasty Warriors 4, I want to say on the original oh, Xbox. Not Hyrule so, Warriors. Come on. No, I didn't buy it. Not yet. Anyway. I just get it. It's so much better than the Dynasty or uh, fucking the Dragon's Quest. Um, well, but okay, well, okay, I'm lying. I did play that a little bit, but not not enough to say that I played it, right? Okay. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, I like the Dragon Quest one. It's good. I enjoyed it. <sighs> I, I'll give it one more chance to win me over. One <laughs> more. So, so there's that. Uh, recently I, uh, for, for press pause too, I reviewed, um, I, uh, Mega Dimension Neptunia V2 Dude, and these games will never end. They will never end. No, you're right. <laughs> I, I just, I don't, I, okay. I, I don't mean to like cut in and whatnot and interrupt you, but I got to ask like, Sarah, you're, you're definitely, you're the only one that's reviewed them for press pause that right. like, you've reviewed yeah. them for the last three years. Like yeah, you've reviewed. Probably. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, if I were to go through the tags, I guarantee you've done at least 10 reviews. Like, you're in the double digits for reviewing this fucking yes. brand. I, I can reasonably assume you're fans. Like, at most, you're just like, they're okay. I'm like, this is fun. Like, I feel like this goddamn, like, game has been diluted so much to the point where, like, hit. I don't even know if it's fan service anymore. But, see, I'm not directly involved with it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, do you still find... I So... So the thing about this this latest one is that it it does nice things to the uh, to the general setup of the game to make it a snappier experience. Um, and I mean, playing the ones on the Vita, there's just re-releases of the ones that were released on PlayStation Three, right? Um, and it has that you know certain sort of uh, off-brand humor that I find kind of endearing. 
and there's a lot of meta stuff going on. Like obviously it's, it's all stuff that revolves around real world consoles. Uh, in this latest one, they're talking about the, uh, the shift period where they're going from one generation to, to the next. So it's all very meta in, in comparison to what's actually happening in the real world as well. But more than any of the other games, this particular release gives the uh, the gameplay the kind of tweaks that you'd want out of a modern JRPG. So like, yeah, you're gonna get uh, you're gonna go through a lot of battles, but you can like hold down a button and it goes by so fast that it's not really even a chore. You can just kind of blast through everything that you need to. Um, the difficulty curve is also a lot better than the previous games. So it actually feels like you're making decent progress without being completely overwhelmed as well. Hmm. Yeah. And then of course, you know, the visuals obviously are going to be a lot better. There's better lighting, better shadows, more, there's more, a more fullness to the polygons being used as well. So everything looks really good and it runs at a nice solid rate which was also sort of a thing that's always kind of been a problem within the series. It's It always chunks up because there's too much going on, right? Uh, but the PS4 pushes everything around really, really well. I just, like, it's I, I really thought that the series would, like, just go on to die on the Vita. And, like, I'm still seeing it on, like, PS4. Mm. And it's, well, it also, it's also getting uh, new uh, new life on Steam as well, right? And I think if you were going to choose any yeah, of the oh. versions for the original releases, or well, I shouldn't say original, but like for the for the games that make up the original three uh, three games in terms of story, and even the spinoffs, you want to get them on Steam because they're going to run at a much better rate on a PC. Like playing uh, playing Rebirth Rebirth Three on Vita was you know it was fine, it was serviceable, but playing it on PC at sixty frames a second is a much smoother experience. Hmm. Well, I mean, I I have like one of the original ones and like one of these days, but I mean, dude, I've got like so many like that. My PlayStation three alone is a graveyard for like certain tactical RPGs and like where like, for example, like my weird guilty pleasure are the Atelier games. I fucking love the Atelier games, but I'm pretty sure they're going to die. And you know what? I'm OK with it. There's already too many of them, and they've already recycled as much as they could. Like it was fun, but bro, we're like twelve games deep. This is cool. yeah. I'm, I'm well, yeah. By com- by comparison, I mean, when you want to think of it, uh, the Neptunia series only really has like twenty uh, something games, dude. No, 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 not even, not even. If if you're looking at just like for uh, for like a story arc, you're looking at uh, let's see here, four, five, six games. I don't believe you. No, it's true. Because you have Neptunia, Neptunia version 2, Neptunia V. Those were all on PS3, right? Then you've got Rebirth 1, Rebirth 2, Rebirth 3. But they're, the, they're still the same three games What about the from rhythm a story game? There's a goddamn yeah, man. rhythm game. There, there's, that, there's that PP one on Vita. Okay, seven then. <laughs> Vita alone <laughs> has like six of them just on Vita. They came out yeah. like, yeah, one, like right. a, but, a, a but, month apart. But again, three of those were were already done on PlayStation Three by the time they came out, right? I want to say one of these came out on fucking DS. Like one of them snuck onto the DS. There was wasn't there like a three six? No, no, there wasn't a three sixty one. No, there wasn't a three sixty version. They're all PlayStation. Well, except for the Steam versions, PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, I was thinking of Record of Agrest War. Yeah, Yeah, that. And then there's that other one, one, like uh, the one with the wolf, Special Forces, or no, Special something. What are you talking about? Spectral Uh, Forces Three. Oh, Special Force. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that fucking weird one. What's the one with the cards on 360? <laughs> Wait, Dude, are we Cold Sap! 
Called yeah. Sepsis. Yeah. Sepsis the shit, dude. That has nothing to do with this, but I just thought we'd throw it out there. <laughs> no, dude, Why hey, not? I am totally down to do a Cold Sep play Called play. Called Sep Saga. I wonder if we could. Limelight. You think that would we could still play that online? Ooh. Uh, I think the Doubtful. servers were shut down, but yeah, like that was an awesome bad. community. Yeah. It was weird because that came out. I I remember vividly. That came out the same day that Devil May Cry Four did, and man, was that a horrible decision. That game just fucking died. Um, but it w- it was staunch supporters like myself and Shane Bettenhausen. And I, like Mark McDonald, that were like I I I, I just kind of lumped those games all into one category. Just those very niche games that the people that like them love them, and they're very very excited about when they come out with new ones. But people that are not really into the genre or know that series, they have no idea what you're talking about. Funny, like those those are some of the nichiest games I think that have been released, dude. But it's a really good party game. Like it, it's yeah. weird enough. Like like Fortune Street, for example. Fortune Street takes a lot of elements from Cold Sep. Cold Sep is basically Fortune Street with Magic the Gathering. Like, that's really what it is. It, it, it's Magic the Gathering with Monopoly. Yeah. It's all Cold Sep, but it's fucking, dude, it's so fun. Uh, except when somebody has a better deck than you. Then it sucks. Nah. Uh, <laughs> but we were actually, like, throwing around the idea. I think, like, with the new Amiibos and then the new cards, you know... uh, Amiibo Festival doesn't look that bad, and it, I've I've already played a game of it, dude. It's pretty fucking fun. Except, oh, no, no, dude, it's fun, but it's I bought I, I bought Skylanders to get Amiibos. You're going a totally different path, and I don't think I can follow <laughs> you. I can't go where you're going. <laughs> I won't be there to protect you, dude. But like, and then there are the cards that like do other stuff. Hey like, man, Pokemon Pokemon's got that Shadow Mew or that Shadow Mewtwo card, whatever that does. I they start doing Pokemon Amiibo cards. It's game fucking over, dude. I it, and if they introduce like the TCG into that, holy uh, <laughs> you know, they will. You know, they will. Dude, me and Katie have been like FaceTiming Pokemon TCG like nobody's business. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but what is it going to say? Amiibo Festival is actually pretty dope. And like. That that's something I've been wanting to. Okay, so has it been confirmed if Pokemon Tournament will come with that controller for the U.S. release? It's coming out separately. It won't be bundled with the game, but that that Hori Pad is coming out as well. Yes. I hope that Hori Pad can actually just work as a regular mm-hmm. controller and that doesn't have like the GameCube. Doesn't look like it. It looks like it's very specific to that game. The layout of the buttons indicate that it's definitely just for that game. I I like I something tells me or something makes me want to believe that like Nintendo will be sensible enough. No, but the, like, they also they also released a GameCube controller that you can only use on one game on the Wii U and adapter. But that's, you can only use on one game. But that's Smash Brothers. Well, but like, still, that's a, it's yeah. a, that's a different thing. Like this is something I Smash Brothers. Yeah, and, and you could use a you could use a Wave Bird if you wanted to, right? So yeah, yeah you but, could, and I did. Yeah, but see, the difference being is that Smash Brothers to me is not a risk to Nintendo. Like Smash Brothers to mm. to Nintendo has always been like something that they can feel very confident in being crazy with and have success in it now a pokemon fighting game that's to no matter what even though it's got pokemon that i can see being risky but like i feel like the lazier but albeit more like sensible option is just for that to be like a remodeled pro controller because really i want to like the pro controller but i hate the layout so i don't know hopefully that is the case and it is actually like oh this is just an alternative pro controller and then i can totally get behind it so, but anyway, I didn't mean uh, to cut in on your dance, Sarah. Any other no, games? That's right. 
Uh, well, yeah, I'd, I'd also reviewed the uh, Umehara Kawase trilogy for Steam as well. Oh, you you motherfuckers. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Like, I'd, I'd always looked at the Umehara Kawase series from the outside in. Like, I was first exposed to it on Game Center CX. And um, uh, I had and yeah, a similar I, experience, but it, I was exposed to it through Retronauts. Like, Jeremy Parrish fucking loves that game. It's a uh, like he's it, it was always one of those weird games I was talked about for the Super Famicom. And then, like, I'd yeah. see a lot of videos of it on uh, one up. But, yeah, um, I got the Sayonara Umihari Kawase for uh, PlayStation TV, actually. OK, yeah. And I was going to do we're going to capture a play play of that. And it, and it does a really dude. It's really sharp and it upscales really nice for the TV. Fuck it. It's really hard. I can't I can't get through yeah, the stage. Although Sayonara Umihara Kawase, of the three that are part of this trilogy on Steam, it is definitely the best uh, one if you're getting into the series. Uh, the first two games are are stupid hard. Like, you've got a livestock of 10 lives, and that is it, sir. If you die, you're right at the beginning again. Yeah, see, I can get behind that. Sayonara has unlimited livestock, and even then... Yeah, and you can continue after you've, like, game over or, or taken a break or whatever, right? Whereas the other ones, it's, like, all or nothing. Yeah, but I feel like the other ones have uh, a little bit more of a forgivable, like, system of physics to them. Mm, like, Sayonara so sure is really that. stiff. Especially the first game, like, for the, the Super Famicom game, its physics are really rough around the edges. You really got to know the insides and outs and how it specifically behaves on the Super Famicom uh, to really get a, a feel for, like, the more advanced moves. And I think of the three, that's the most, that's easily the most impenetrable one. But once you get a, the hang of it, it's really good for speedrunning, right? Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Um, Plus, like, there's multiple ways to go through the game as well. There are alternate paths through the game. Right. I've seen, dude. I, I don't remember who does it, but there's a uh, there's a dude who staunchly does it for AGDQ, and like he he does he just makes me feel like there's no point, and I just put the controller down. But <laughs> like it, yeah. I I'm really happy, like, cause it for a second it got pulled off of Steam, and I don't remember why. And I think what, what it happened is, uh, is they pulled the original off of Steam so they can re-release this trilogy. Am I right? No, what happened was Agatsuma, which was the original publisher of the game, closed. And mm. all of all of their stuff was pulled off of Steam as a result. But then what happened was Dejika Games got the rights to re, uh, to release the games again. And so they relisted them to Steam. And then anybody who had bought them before could re-download them without having to pay for them again. Good guy, Dejika, man. They're, yes. they're, they're a really cool publisher. Which, by the way, they are sponsoring my next Halifax Scrambles. So they're pretty awesome for that. All right. Hashtag transparency. Yes, sir. Let's, let's uh <laughs> definitely fucking but for on the on the really reels, they're pretty dope. Yeah. No, it's it's true. Yeah, they they've got some really cool uh really cool releases and uh and uh yeah, they've they've been really good to us here at PPR and beyond. Um with that said though, the last little thing that I want to sort of get into here is oh, did I tell you guys that I got a Japanese three sixty? No, this is brand new. Yeah, I got a Japanese 360. Fuck yeah, dude. Dope. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty cool. I've got, mm -hmm. uh, with it, like, I paid 280 for it, which isn't too bad. You'll pay more than 300 to get one off of, like, eBay or whatever. I always thought the 360 was region-free, though. Eh, not really. A lot of stuff nah. is region-locked. Yeah, especially a lot of the shmups and stuff yeah. like that, for sure. The, the Xbox One is region-free. Yeah, correct. So. Which, 
Did you hear that? Um, we should have mentioned it in news briefly, but I thought maybe Sarah would cover it at some point. Did you hear about Raiden 5? Raiden 5, yeah, that was just released, wasn't it? Well, in Japan, they said they yeah. are going to be looking at doing it in the States. Oh, nice, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, inevitably, I think inevitably it will go to the PlayStation 4, though. So I'm, I'm yeah. no I guarantee it'll go to the PlayStation 4. I'm in no hurry to run out and get an Xbox One at this point. I mean, it took this long for it to come out. It was supposed to come out last year. So mm. <laughs> that, that was a big thing. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's pretty sweet stuff. Um, there are some features on it that I'm not 100% on board with, but that's a bridge that I'll get to when I, when I get, uh, or I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Um, but the, yeah, this Japanese 360 I got, I ended up getting four games that were uh, that were region coded for Japan along with it. Uh, Dodonpachi Resurrection I got, uh, as well as uh, Ketsui, which is that helicopter-based shooter that was also on PS3. Uh, I got the uh, Automedius uh, G, which came before the one that we got out here in North America, which was Automedius Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one's iffy, and I'm sure we'll look at at that in the future too. Uh, but then also I got um, a copy of uh, Dodampachi's uh, Daiojo, which that particular one there, it's the uh, the extra black label version. That was only on uh, shelves in Japan for a short while before it was yanked off. So as a result, it sort of commands a really high price. Uh, and so, like, I got all of that for 280, which was a pretty good deal. Plus, really good I deal. knew the guy; he just lived a like one town over, and he brought it over, right? So, uh, <laughs> I got I got a super sweet deal on it. So, before this, you didn't really cover a lot of the 360 stuff for uh, Bullet Heaven. Is that maybe going to change now that you have the access to it, or like, what well, do you think? There, there was a lot of stuff that I did actually cover because Cave. Uh, and like uh, Triangle Service specifically, they did do a lot of region-free stuff. Uh, okay. Other other companies like Cute also did region-free, and 5BP did a lot of region-free stuff as well. Yeah. So there are actually fewer uh, region-locked titles, to my knowledge, than region-free titles on the yeah, first okay. That's why that I was kind of nice. confused that like yeah. this warranted like, like such a thing, you know? And at this point here, I think I'm only missing like three or four different releases, and two of them are in the mail right now. So, <laughs> so you'll have so most yeah. of the collection at this point, then. That's good. I'll have most, if not all, by the end of the year, I think. Nice, nice. Um, um I, yeah. I just recently thought of you, Sarah, because uh, the PlayStation Flash sale happened during Valentine's uh, Day weekend, and I picked up Under Defeat for two bucks. Oh, yeah. nice. Yes, that's a good deal. I, I got that a while ago, too. Nice. That's uh, that's. I, I would. Nice. I, I would. I would have preferred physical copy, but I'll take digital if I can get it mm. for that low. So I didn't well, even I know it was the, released physically. The physical uh, copy Amazon. was like twenty bucks. Yeah, it was Amazon for a while there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, I d- I picked one up. I had to. I needed to. Yeah. But uh, I also got one for review before I actually got the physical one anyway. So. Yeah, you know what's yeah, funny cool about that man, and I didn't. I guess I just really wasn't on the up and up. But speaking of like difficulty in getting a physical copy. Uh, I ran into that one of the games that I did buy for funsies and definitely wanted to cover. I wasn't able to get a review copy of it, but I was going to cover a review of it uh, mm-hmm. was Galaxy Rush Remastered. And I had no idea how limited of a run it had for physical uh, copies. I never saw it. Yeah, I yeah. do. Wait, what is this? Gravity Rush. The remastered oh, Gravity Rush. OK, yeah. I yeah. haven't seen it. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, you you had to pre-order it like I, I was able to secure a copy, but. 
from what I was told, like when in my search for it, that uh, in the state of California, there was only 37 of them sent around the state. Holy crap. Yeah, no, that's yeah. insane. And then I went and did some more research on it. And yeah, it, it was like a devil's third sort of situation where there's only like 500 of them physically made. Oh, wow. um, so because it wasn't supposed to get like a physical release and then like Sony relented. They're like, yeah, well, all right, we'll do a physical release. And I guess that decision was made back in like November. Uh, but yeah, holy shit. Is that a limited run ass limited run? <laughs> so but like I, I, it's and it's weird to me because, again, both of those games, I mean, you can easily get them like respectively on either eShop or PSN. But like, see, for for Devil's Third, it makes more sense to get like the physical copy just so you can save the real estate of uh, that you can on your fucking storage because that game is like nine gigs right? right but gravity rush remastered is like five gigs whether you have the disc or not so it it just pisses me off like with the ps4 architecture like why did i even bother like trying to get this fit? i mean it's you know i don't even have the shelf space my my literal like priority was, and I keep forgetting like it really doesn't make a difference it's the same issue with the xbox one uh my my list uh, or my priority this year is to basically purchase separate externals for like all of my respective systems. So that way I can just essentially expand my my fucking storage. Mm-hmm. Like when I picked can up you under- use external drives for the PS4. No, mm-hmm. I don't have any external. Not any. You're not. I don't think you can. I mean, there might be a way around yeah. it, but I think technically you're not supposed to be able to. No, Which what is, it is, is supposed to be swapped out thing. with internal. Yeah, it is. You're you're supposed to swap it out with the PS4. That's yeah. Somebody was telling me that, but like you can still recover like everything that you have, and or you could just go off of your you know your download list off of your account. Um, and for the PS4, that won't be difficult. The only thing that would be difficult would be the PS3, just because I would say a good ten of those games out of like the ninety that I have on there are game shared. So I you know I mean I could go back and buy them, but like I whatever. fixed I. F- I fixed that problem by buying a hundred dollar, three hundred and twenty gig PS3. Spot another one, dude. I just love my PS3. I hate the new the new models look like really shitty air filters. Oh like, yeah, no, I hate those ones. It was it was like a middle middle model. It was the the slim, but not the super slim. Yeah, that's that's my. I didn't know it had a three hundred twenty gig. I have the yeah. hundred and twenty. It came with so. Uncharted three. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh dude, yeah. yeah those those were dope. It was a, it was a good pre, a pretty good deal, I think. Yeah, but like, like when I picked up Under Defeat, that was like 280 megs, thank God. And then like, oh yeah, yeah. And then like, as I'm looking at all my stuff now, my my PlayStation Three, if I do have it on, like constantly harasses me. I'm like, dude, you've got less than 500 megabytes. What the fuck are you doing? Like, you really <laughs> need to do something about this. And it it can constantly harass me as much as it wants to, but I'm i that's it. I'm like, well, I guess. And believe it or not, like I still go back. I have PlayStation Plus for like another two years, so I check all my platforms and sometimes like there are some cool indie games that don't make it to the ps4 but do make it to playstation 3 Mm -hmm. so uh definitely something that i do try to make sure that i cover all my bases for um but yeah anyway i didn't want to step on your toes again sarah i apologize yeah so that's that's pretty much it, except for the the one last thing that I wanted to get at before I got sidetracked by that 360. There, uh, I recently got a Sony Xperia Z3 compact tablet, 
And uh, it's it's basically data sharing with my cellular plan, which has been bumped up to like five gigabytes of data, which is a pretty sweet deal. Um, I know down where you guys are, it's not it doesn't sound especially great because you guys have unlimited data plans, but uh, but up here there's no such thing as an unlimited data plan. So five gigabytes is more than enough, though. Uh, basically, I've been playing a bunch of you know small games on on it. You know stuff like uh, free to play stuff like Ten Billion Wives, which is completely off the wall nuts. Um, but also, I uh, I discovered that there's a space dandy Galaga. I did not know that. Jesus. Yes, and it was it was like two bucks. So I was like, mm-hmm, I know what I'm buying. So I got I uh, got Space Galaga, and it's pretty sweet. Uh, also, I've been playing a little bit of Downwell as well. Um, and uh, Blazing Star, stuff like that. I've, I've got this uh, NES Bluetooth controller that I hooked up to it, and it works really, really well for everything that I've got on my tablet. So um, so I think I'm set for, for my mobile needs for quite a while now. Well, um, I will say as far as the uh, Android uh, tablet that you have and something that I've been playing on iOS, but I think it actually made its way over to Android now, it's goddamn. You know what? We we, we got we got our peenies really hot and wet and, and hard for uh, Pokemon. I can tell you right now, the best new Pokemon game out there is Pocket Mortys. And man, oh man, have I oh, fucking admittedly put way too much time into this dumb game. I mean, granted, it it, it is fan service the game, uh, but it it's got like some. It, it's most. It, it's a mostly satisfactory riff uh, on like the Pokemon formula done in a really cool way. Uh, actually, with some other elements that I kind of wish were better done. I think it's been done in one Pokemon at some point, but done really badly. Um, but dude, yeah, if you get the chance, especially if you're playing with like a Bluetooth NES controller, pick up Pocket Morty's. Okay, so I haven't watched any of uh, Rick and Morty. Do I need? to have watched Rick and Morty to get all the humor or is it just uh, funny some, on its own merits? Half and half. It's half funny. Half. Yeah, because there are a lot of... Uh, the There is some inside humor. There definitely is some inside humor, especially like there there are certain decisions with like game functions mm-hmm. that they uh, assign that to like an analog of humor for like uh content within the show that's funny like as far as bird person or like other other bits and pieces that are funny and plus like all all the songs that have ever showed up on rick and morty uh have 8-bit remixes for pocket morty so is if you have a reverence for the song at all like fucking get swifty which i'm sure you may have heard to some capacity or like any of the other songs that they use or even like some of the licensed songs that they like Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon were able to get done with like the second season, they get their own little like eight bit arrangements or remixes that they that's used in the game. Uh, those are fun. So, so I will say it's mostly fan service. However, there's other bits and pieces that are just hilarious, especially with again the Morty dynamic. It's it's basically Rick capturing like fucking uh, 58 different versions of Morty from alternate universes and then literally using them like fucking Pokemon. And then like some of them are ridiculous because they're stray cat Morty and then crazy cat Morty. And like, these are like in- inferred evolutional state, uh, evolutionary stages of, of Morty. But see, you don't evolve your Mortys. 
you genetically splice them together to create an improved version. So they kind of operate like that. And like, there's like fucking unkempt Morty. But if you take two unkempt Mortys and fuse them, you get scruffy Morty. (laughs) Dude, like some of it is fucking ridiculous. And then sometimes it's all dumb. And it literally has a, uh, the system is four types. Neutral, uh, which is your starter Morty. And then there's paper type, rock type, and scissors type. So it, it's fucking dumb, but it's good dumb. And you actually do catch wild Mortys. Uh, you can't. The only thing you can't do that sucks at me because me and Rob Rich have like super dick down, and then Katie, we all dick down on this really hard. But you can't trade or battle with like friends. But apparently. Oh. They didn't anticipate this game being as popular as it. I mean, it's fucking Pokemon and Rick and Morty. That's so mm-hmm. dumb. Like, we didn't, and it's free. And I'm downloading it's free. it right now, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's it, it, I, you'll play it tonight, and I can assure you. If anything, I think it's worthy enough to actually make you be like, "Oh man, I gotta watch Rick and Morty. It's pretty fucking funny." Uh. So, and, and a lot of it is just it, it really uh, it resonates the same sort of off the wall improvised humor that you'd find on Rick and Morty. But yeah, no, I actually, I, I invested quite a bit into that. Um, I, by the way, I've unofficially started what's in my console. So yeah, pocket <laughs> Morty's. Yeah. Um, nice thank you. So, uh, I also picked up Mega Man legacy for the three DS and Ooh, me too. Yeah. So like, I haven't really messed around with the community stages yet. I want to, because uh, that's a cool feature. And I have to say that, like, for people like Nadia Oxford, uh, who is a friend of the show, good friend, she did a feature on US Gamer uh, about whether or not it's worth getting it for the 3DS, especially since this is a fucking year old game. It's really weird. It's weird that you see this game, like, physically out on shelves, but it also speaks a testament to, like, how much trouble Capcom's kind of in right now. Like, I don't know, man. Like, when your big bet is, like, and, and we'll get into Street Fighter in a bet, but, like, when your big bet is Street Fighter, you're chugging along on fucking Monster Hunter, and, like, you can't... You, you have the gall to re-release what something you've ostensibly already released in a digital capacity, re-release it again for physical consumption. Like, come on. And, and like, I, I, no, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with Capcom, but weirdly enough... Is and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I want Mighty Number no. Nine to really succeed, just just to get Capcom to reconsider Mega Man. And the the shittiness of it is, is I don't I think Mega Man Nine or I'm sorry, Mega Man Nine, Mighty Number no. Nine is in a lot of trouble. And hmm. I don't I do not think that that's gonna that that release is gonna go over as well as people initially thought. Because I not, not at this point, not at this point. After all the delays, no way. No, well, not only the delays, but, like, the absolute, like, the unnecessary, like, the inexplicably, like, unnecessary reason behind them. And, like, the Mm -hmm. fact that, like, well, I mean, all right, so, not to, like, again, I don't want to roast the game, like, too hard, but, like, Andrew, have you played Mighty Number 9 in any preview capacity? Negative. Okay, I have. Okay. It's pretty rough. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope. hit detection. The, only, the only thing I've ever seen of my number nine is when they revealed it at PAX. That's the first and only time I've seen anything with it. Oh, so you've been like doing a blackout on it? I just, I'm just, it's just not something I'm really super interested in personally. Like I just, I don't know. 
not really super excited about it one way or the other. Huh. Well, I mean, I am, but like, yeah, but, but I'm sure your I mean, your excitement's probably getting it's probably dwindling. I'm sure at this point. My excitement is super tested right now because yeah, like I'm, it was supposed to be released point. like three times, and it was supposed to be released this month on the 16th, and then they delayed it to April. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. April or April or May, something like that. Yeah. It's weird too because like somebody they uh. The, the the release or the teaser video or the trailer for it on eShop still shows the old date of February, but it's yeah. just like new one February upcoming. 9th, yeah. It was February 9th. Uh, it's been delayed to May, actually. Uh-oh. What the fuck? Why? No one knows. But it, what gets me is the trailer. It's like, what are you waiting for? And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm waiting what for it. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Waiting for? <laughs> what do you think I'm Don't waiting for? Don't turn this around on me, buddy. I know, man. I'm uh, not the one to blame here. Dude, but, like, I will say that, like, Mega Man, it's weird because, like, in terms of, like, the visual fidelity of it, it, like, it's incredible. And the emulation is on point. Like, they did a really good job with upscaling it and making it vibrant. I think there there are too many instances, though, where it was a little too authentic in, in making sure that it ported everything down to the very detail. Like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I am totally over like fucking like slowdown as well as like ghosting sprites and multiple sprites like flashing in and out and fading. Like, so I mean, flicker. yeah, flicker. I apologize. I'm totally over flicker. Um, I knew I knew there was a term for it, and I was it was escaping my tongue. Um, but yeah, like the, these are elements that just need to stay in the past. Like. That's why I'm I'm very happy that they do not exist in like nine and ten, uh, and I know well, you can you can turn it off in nine and ten, right? Because it's dumb. You can put a there's there's this thing called legacy mode, which sort of emulates what the NES was capable of doing, and it incorporates slowdown and flicker. But you know what? Uh, playing those games again, I don't think I would have liked it without that because there's these little tricks and and things that uh that i've learned over the decades of playing these games that i just kind of like knowing and like if i couldn't get rid of the little guys that like race around on the floor and spring up when uh when you try to jump over them or they hit you in mega man 2 if i couldn't get rid of those i don't know what i would do <laughs> i'd be yeah, like but, but I, I feel like I'm I'm done. Could to- I'm i could totally do that without like the flicker and the slowdown like well, no, you wouldn't because that's actually because of the flicker and and limitations. The, the enemies wouldn't disappear when they just uh, when they just make it to the end of the screen. Fuck right? that. Let's put it to the test, yeah. dude. We'll find a way. There's got to be somebody who's done like a a revamp of Mega Man Two. There's got to be a hack out there. I'm totally down to like put that question to the test. Um, yeah, I mean, but I'm which, lazy. That's the problem. <laughs> there, there are certain bosses I can see where like these elements would be beneficial, and like Yellow Devil. Yeah, or, level, like, Yellow Devil. Yeah. Yeah, but like other than that, dude, you know what, man? I'm over it. Give me, give me, give me some like modern, like this is a modernized like collection of sorts. But other than that, it's it's pretty dope. I will say, like my biggest complaint, and like again, this is stems for the 3ds version, and like in terms of laziness, dude, do not. And I'm telling you guys right now, I don't care how amiibo crazy you are. I'm talking to everyone. The gold Mega Man amiibo is not worth it. If you have a blue Mega Man, you've got it. If you want a gold one, dude, save yourself the trouble and buy an extra blue one and spray paint it. Because like, <laughs> there's, there's it, no features or uh, updates no, or anything. To it is wow. a regular dude. 
it, you, it, do, it, like, it doesn't even it doesn't even come in the packaging. It's just a loose. Amino. No, 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 no. It okay. Here's the funniest part. It does come in traditional amiibo box packaging, blank canvas, white. It's like an adult coloring book. Nothing. Uh, so, like, I would say uh, get it even if it had the art at the very least. Like mm. for those who don't open their amiibos, but no. It's if you open your amiibos, up, it's super worthless. I I ended up getting it uh, getting it regardless. I've mounted the entire box to the wall. I'm just leaving it sealed where I reviewed the Steam version. Yeah, I I mean that's I guess that's the best way you can really do it. Uh, that's the most quote unquote packaging. But like, there's some other cool stuff. Like I, I don't want to sell like the goodies because other than that amiibo, um, they also have really cool postcards. Yeah. Uh, they have, uh, I, I haven't messed around with it yet, but they have codes where you can download the soundtracks. I don't know if they are like iTunes friendly or Spotify friendly, but I don't think you, I still have to mess around with that stickers. Um, and like exclusive themes that were in the previous, uh, versions of it. But other than that, it, I mean, if you love Mega Man, get it. And, uh, personally on the 3DS, it looks great. If you have these games already on the virtual console, uh, this version shits on those virtual console versions. It really does. It's it it's much better. Uh, but oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, but aside from that, I mean. Oh, also the, the uh, like it's it's like night and day compared to the Mega Man Anniversary Collection on like the GameCube, PS2, and Xbox. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, but those ones there have delayed controls and some really wonky wonky things happening with the emulation. Yeah, I I would want to say like the one of the the cooler releases that like Capcom did do with Sony because like, uh, which it still boggles my mind. Well, it doesn't boggle my mind because at the time it totally makes sense. But I'm glad I'm glad that they they're out the way they are now. But the first six Mega Man games were re-released and ported to the PlayStation, and you they are available to buy under PS One Classics on PSN, and those versions are always also on point. Like only I, up to Mega Man Four though, right? I think five and six are missing from the U.S. store. Really? Yeah. Huh. Could have sworn I saw them. Cause like five has like the really dope art too. Yeah, it does. I've actually got the the actual release. It's framed on my wall, signed by KG Inafune. Yep, I remember that. Yep. Sarah's just excited as can be. It's oh, the uh, thing, or like, yeah. how'd you get it signed? Oh, nice, nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, man, we got it signed, and then we like hung out with them, took pictures of them, and were like, dude, you're really dope. And he was just like, thank you. <laughs> and then that was, that was it. That was pretty much the... Uh, I, the I, I, think, I think I was just like, I gotta go see Mass Effect. See ya. Yeah, pretty much. They're mm-hmm. like, fuck it. I think uh, Andrew's exact words were like, fucking weebs. Or nerds. No, and I it, would never. I would never say something like that. Mm. I remember Co- I remember like... Cody's like super, super excited about that thing. Like, like he got the t-shirt and he's all super pumped about it. What, what was that? The packs that he was there? Uh, no, I th- I want to say it was one of them where we were all together, but something I don't know. Either way, yeah. Um, where where was it? Yeah. So Gravity Rush remastered. Uh, if you for those who haven't gotten a Vita, um, or got the PlayStation TV, and like that's the closest thing you have to a Vita, um, I will say, if you've got the space for it, get get this. It's really good. Like I. What especially and like it. All right. So we've had this conversation about how Golden Compass could totally be done with a PlayStation 4 controller. Yes, 
there is way more intensity involved with like touch mechanics and sliding mechanics of a of a touch variety or, or touch controls, so to speak, in Gravity Rush and the PlayStation 4 controller does it immaculately. It's it's honestly I enjoy playing it more in the PlayStation 4 now than I do the Vita, but I do, but I love my Vita. But it it's so got and it's 30 fucking dollars. It's the exact same price that Gravity Rush is now on the Vita. Mhm. And there's some extra art, extra content, uh, all all the DLC that was available in terms of cats' costumes and whatnot are all thrown in uh, for freezies. So I definitely recommend it. I mean, we've gone at length before, and I know Sarah's always been like, "Oh, it's cool" or whatever. But I think, like Sarah, if you do have the time and the chance, like you should definitely get on this version of the game. Because I can see where, like, I think you made mention that, like, the touch mechanics weren't very intuitive with you because of, like, your your hand size to the Vita. And you, you're like, I got kind of crampy with it. I can tell you right now, it's so much smoother and, and done in, in a much more articulate fashion with the touchpad. Mm-hmm. Like, it isn't, like, position. Uh, it isn't so much dependent on, like, position of, like, where or how you swipe on the screen. And not only that, like... I can, you were always mentioning, like, I can't do that because it would block what I'm doing, like, on the same screen that I have to touch. So, like, a lot of that, like, disorientation, like, completely fixed with this version. It's really cool. I don't know. I, I'm very happy with it. I'm just super sad that, like, there, this game's gotten little to no attention. So, you guys, I'm definitely, like, I always broke my heart that I could never capture this game for a play-play, but I am super capturing this for a play-play now so that we can talk about it and then hopefully sell you guys on it like, oh, oh, hey, you know what? I do have a bit of news that we could just squeeze in here real quick. So, has everybody heard? Now, this is a rumor, not news. Well, they're both rumors, but this one half of the rumor has more weight than the other, Okay. So, have you guys been hearing rumblings about the uh, Undertale port coming to Wii U? That sounds awesome. Right. So, they, I guess Toby Fox uh, has mentioned it, and Nintendo's mentioning that they want Undertale on Wii U. So, that, that one's got some more weight, and that could happen. But there's now a new layer uh, of rumor that I think would definitely... And, like, it would make all the sense, given how much press and excitement the game still has. But the new layer to it is it's going to be the next Shovel Knight, so to speak, in like where this port will also have amiibos of the characters. Damn. Yeah. So like, again, that's super rumored, not confirmed. But like if they do confirm the game for port uh, for eShop, I pretty i'm expecting also like the announcement of amiibos same way they did with shovel knight it that sh- it would print money like i do toby fox and temmy they can't even fucking keep the official undertale merchant stock like the shirts and the soundtrack constantly being sold like at least physical soundtracks like it, the, the i mean the soundtrack is getting bought like every other day like it that game has so much steam in it. And, like, I, it, it always makes me laugh, too, because, like, Undertale was essentially, like, you guys, do you guys really also want to know, like, a big reason why, like, Toby did Undertale? He just wanted, like, a new experience that, like, reminded him of Earthbound. 
So, like, it's funny to see that on a Nintendo console, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, hopefully, like, I'd, I'd be all over those Amiibos, but you kind of have to be. I really should play that game. I know we talked about it on the last show, and I, I bought it. I haven't played it yet. I really need to do that soon. <laughs> I know, I know. I need to play games. I need to play something. Well, I'm almost done. We'll talk about the games you haven't been playing soon. Sure, um, that'll be fun. We could be yeah. here for a while. We're talking about the games that we haven't played. Yeah, um, but uh, now there is another game that I'm reviewing that's absolutely fucking beautiful. Like this game caught me completely off guard and totally by surprise. Um, I I've seen it at shows, but in very like it was very low key. However, like again, another game I'm surprised isn't getting as much press as I like would like it to. Uh, but the game's called Unravel. It is a puzzle platformer. It is gorgeous and it's pretty like it's got like this really it, it you're essentially like this swedish yarn toy that was like woven by the swedish grandma and a family and you come to life and you're essentially walking around this empty home uh and you the all the levels are made from photographs of various memories where you were brought along uh everything all of this is inferred by the way but like all the various environmental puzzles involved and everything, it really speaks to the beauty of this game. And plus, like the whole, fun, like the core fundamental of the game is the the unraveling mechanic because Yarny is constantly leaving like a trail of himself, like with every step that he takes. Uh, and between like grappling, there are times where you're going to grapple at certain points. So if you're into grappling, platforming, like a la Bionic Commando or Ser Umihari Kawase, uh, I would definitely pick up Unravel just for that because it's got a lot of cool grapple platform moments. But not only does it have that, it uh, takes the grappling mechanic to reach certain areas. And then the grapple points, you can also tie your yarn to and then tie to another point. And create either a bridge to carry objects or a trampoline to bounce. Or you create like almost like this fucking Rune Goldberg uh, apparatus to where tying to certain points and tugging at the yarn string uh, will set forth like a, a, a motion of reaction that, that's able to help you solve a environmental puzzle to move forward. It's really cool, but like the extra like layer onto that is you have to do... So you can like tie shit in in almost any order and you can get the same end result but sometimes if you tie stuff in a more convoluted order you'll run out of more yarn because you're using extra yarn and then you won't be able to move you'll you'll literally like unravel at the very point where you can't go forward anymore and the entire levels are all levels are structured like that every the the checkpoints are like extra spools of yarn that you'd like mummy yourself into so you can get extra yarn to play with it's I don't know. I really like it. Like there was a moment where I was in this boathouse at the beach and I had to pull the ripcord that started the motor. Uh, but then after racking my brain for a second, I was able to get back on the boat and I used like a different grapple point to pull back the motor and the propeller that was like running and spinning. I used that as a spinning blade to cut the ropes that was holding the boat up in place in the, in the rooftop of said boathouse. And then I exploded like out of the boathouse and rode the fucking boat into a beach and fought off hermit crabs. Um, it, and it's adorable. The music is great. I mean, I will say that like the implicit, like emotional, 
uh, payoff of like seeing certain memories or hearing like or either hearing musical cues or watching visual cues of like the story being pantomime and, and slowly playing out. It's a little heavy handed in, in what sort of emotion it's trying to elicit, but it's still adorable. Like it is fucking adorable. And then like the puzzles are so they're so ingeniously crafted that like I I feel like they they strike the perfect balance between like challenging and not overwhelming. Like there is never a point where like even when I felt stuck at a certain puzzle that I'm just like, well, fuck this. I'm going to have to turn it off and then move on. The only complaint I would really give is that like the game, it, it has eight levels, but each level is like 30 minutes long. It's like levels are fucking long and like while it's not like crazy difficult it has like limbo difficulty so to speak so like i i i felt like uh i died a lot a la limbo style and a lot of that was just like trial and error you know like the same way that limbo like had those surprise like bear traps or whatnot so there are times where like i felt like i died and i shouldn't have but like yeah. Is it like is it limbo like puzzles as well where like it's like kind of go and hit a certain thing and that triggers like one thing and like how do the yes. puzzles work is it more like that or more physics based puzzles like uh, like a little big planet or something like that? It okay so physics based like little big planet but yes very much like limbo except where like limbo had you pulling and dragging stuff in a certain order you're mm-hmm. doing certain uh, you're doing certain stuff with your yarn in an order like a like for example as I mentioned you're tying your yarn. Uh, to a certain point and then grappling to the other point and then tying that and then creating a bridge or trampoline. And then you can like, for example, if you see uh, point A and point B and you start your yarn off from point B, which you assume is after point A, uh, I'm I'm trying to paint the picture in your head. So if you tie it point B first and point A, you'll get the same trampoline you need. Mm -hmm. um, But you kind of did a double back there go using more yarn than you needed to and you won't have enough yarn to go forward and you'll be like there are times i'm so frustrated i'm like inches away from the spool and i can't reach it and, I'm and like, yeah you run out mm-hmm. yeah but if i tied at point a and point b i'll have like those crucial inches that i needed to reach the spool it, it almost seems like it's like a puzzle where instead of having something like time based where you have to do it in a certain amount of time you have limitations on the resources needed for the puzzle right and the resources mm-hmm. are you yeah, yeah, so, we are. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, okay, but it, I, it, I can it get behind that. I, I, I get more behind that than like the time-based stuff. So, and obviously, it looks really cute, and it's EA published, which a lot of people were kind of like, "Wow, EA is actually doing indie stuff." Does it feel like it's indie now that you've actually played it, or is, yes. would you be more like, "Okay, so it is still that indie spirit," and it's oh. more like this isn't a game you would really see from a publisher like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I, it definitely feels more indie published because EA is not pushing this game at all. <laughs> like, I there you not go. see yeah. them marketing it at all. And, and there's where that went. <laughs> yeah, they put their name on it. And then like they did this cool like, oh, we, we can show you how to make your own Yarny doll. That is all the promotional material. And that's it, that game. because guys, Plants vs. Zombies is out. And yep. we got we got to get these kids playing this Plants vs. Zombies game. Yeah. Garden mm-hmm. Warfare 2, the sequel that you never wanted. For the game uh, that you didn't know was a thing, or you thought it was the puzzle game and you found out it was a shooter, and then, then you were disappointed. Yep. So, um, but Unravel is super dope. And finally, uh, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I've been playing Project Cross Zone 2, um, but I won't talk too much about it. I will say that game, 
it's weird. There's more like the first game is basically fan service. The game. This one it is really fan- is. It really is. Yeah, this one is fan service. Except now we're like, oh, dude, we're fan service, but we got some Disgaea depth. Ooh. I mean, that's that's, that's actually something <laughs> I I could actually be okay with that because I did like the first one, but all I was doing was trying to juggle dudes in the air, and I got to do really cool moves with Capcom and other characters. I'm very interested in Cross Zone 2 because of the Fire Emblem characters being implemented, and if there is more depth to the combat and to the overall gameplay. There is. Okay, that's actually not bad, then. That actually sounds like I could get on board with that, because I did like the first yeah. one. It was just, it was super repetitive, and I just yep. couldn't couldn't get past that at all. And, like, it's, you could just kind of overwhelm everything with 30 guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like you had to do much to, like, complete objectives and, and progress in the game like it just said, like, I'll, I'll just knock these dudes in the air and kill them until yeah. they're dead i also thought that uh, the stages went on way too long it's like mm-hmm. okay well it took out these guys oh look another 20 oh look another 20 oh no mm-hmm. it still does that like it That's, still does uh, that but I like, like that. i this guy does that too so not really not to that sort of uh level like oh, dude guy will give you a tutorial before the end boss man <laughs> like i oh anyway um but yeah it's not just uh fire Emblem characters there are also xenoblade chronicle x characters in it too there's actually quite yes. a few nintendo characters in there weirdly mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. um but yeah i i like it but i'll, I'll talk more about that on the the next show, the well, okay, hold on a second here. You say Nintendo, but actually it's Monolith Soft, because uh, you know Cosmos was in the first one too, right? So we are quibbling. This is the genus species definition of quibbling. Maybe. Like, I <laughs> as he continues, um, yeah, but let's let's get to Street Fighter Five. All right, so, and I shoot you guys not, like. I, I don't know, Andrew, you've been in on the beta, right? Correct, that is right. Yeah. So... Not a lot, not a lot, briefly, but yeah, I did play some of the beta. So did you play some of the beta prior to the release? Correct, Like yes. that, that whole month-long free? Uh, I jumped in initially when the beta first went up, um, but it was broken completely, and so didn't ever really get a chance to play anyone online. I just kind of messed in the training. Uh, second wave, I don't think I got in. Uh, this this more current one, like a week or two before the game's release, I jumped in and played a little bit, and uh, you know, I, I I I liked it for what it was, but you know, obviously knowing the issues they had with the beta and the online connectivity, knowing that was probably going to be something they would have to address, and now we go into what you're about to say about it. So it felt like they packaged the beta, sold it for sixty dollars, except they mm-hmm. unlocked two components yeah really lackluster story mode and the survival mode it's very very bare bones and their their reasoning behind it maybe not their reasoning but i guess their excuse is that a lot of the content is coming out in march like these guys need to sell this game and also sell the dlc although now it's kind of nice that the game will let you unlock characters through progression but you can still buy characters you can still buy like dlc the store is not even working. You can't even buy stuff right now, even if nope. you wanted to. Even if you wanted yep. to throw money at this game, which I probably will, and I'll buy all the costumes and all the characters because I hate myself. I can't even do that right now because I not still available. can't. I still can't get into the store. And mm-hmm. there are times, I dude, I gave up. I have no battle points uh, because yeah. I, I cannot complete a ranked match. I it's have, not. It's not very hard to earn enough fight money to unlock a character. I think it's like a thousand fight money. 
Yeah, I have a hundred thousand or something, but you could do it like just by doing a couple of the quote unquote story modes. For I the finished characters. all the story characters. Yeah, there mm-hmm. you can do it like yeah. within a half hour. Yep. Uh, survival. You can do that and get that as uh, well. The the colors, but you have to get all through, through all fifty waves to get like the last color, which, from what people have been telling me, is pretty impossible. Dude, yeah, it's not even that. Also, the game looks like shit. Like it, dude. It looks really bad. Like from, again, from, from like a from like a frame rate perspective, or from like the actual like aesthetic. Aesthetic. Um, um I disagree. I disagree. I li- I like the way it looks. Look at the backgrounds. I really want you to look at the backgrounds and tell me. Like this is what when I look at the backgrounds, they not only look like a really shitty and like here, I'll go ahead and indulge you. They not only look like a really shitty GIF, but they look like a really shitty GIF that's been like photo artifacted off of like a razor phone on Facebook fifty times over. It like the India stage is terrible. I just I guess like unless the background is interactive in some way, I don't feel like it has to be all that exciting. So or I. I so I agree with you. There's two stages that I feel like actually live up to the visual fidelity of the game, uh, like specifically. And then like it, it's a scale, which are probably me. which are probably the ones that just so happen to have like interactive stuff. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. But like like the India stage is absolutely terrible. The 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 Shadowloo stage, like at the base with the four kings, that one's actually known to cause online lag. Yeah. Just because like. It, there's so many different components and then like already like it, it, it boggles my mind because okay Street Fighter 4 is a foundation that's seven years strong like yeah. they had so much different knowledge that they, they could have like completely undertaken like data that they could have like used as a as a foundation or mining material to, to go into 5 and already there's so many like discrepancies even from like a fundamental level like Kami is overpowered like disgustingly overpowered uh i mean there there's just so many different little quips that i that i i I have about the game but i i love the but here's the thing i love the direction i i'm i really in terms of the combat in terms of the combat and like the frenetic pace like this game is fast as fuck like it's really like it's really weird because like when i go into describing like the core combat i i say it's like it's just below like I would say the pace of like Marvel versus Capcom three or uh, Street Fighter cross Tekken. Uh, but it, it's just it is definitely faster than four, though. I just tell people it's like Street Fighter third strike It is very third strike yes. in terms of its combat and the, the V, the, the, the V triggers. A lot of that stuff is very reminiscent of uh, Street Fighter third strike. And the V triggers are really hit or miss for me because certain characters have like a really awesome uh, v trigger ability like they, arm- they yeah they don't really at all explain how to use the v triggers like some of them have specific properties uh defensive properties uh offensive some of them are like more you know i guess in a way probably armor based but you just don't know that like they don't explain it to you so you have to like either be very knowledgeable about the game and know that stuff ahead of time or you just, or, 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 or you just do it and you're like well i don't know if that did anything i'm not sure i guess yeah uh, uh yeah. they're very like I said, they're very hit or miss. Like Nash, uh, his is cool. He teleports. I mean, mm-hmm. which, you know, considering that our Mika is just broken. Like I think because like she essentially, I don't, I don't, I don't know the name of her wrestling partner who's also involved in her finisher, but whatever she does gets you, uh, gu- guarantees her a free, uh, like extra hit, like through a like fly by drop kick or attack. 
So, and she's a very Cheney. Like, that's a thing. When you mentioned Third Strike, there are like a lot of uh, characters like Laura, as well as Mika and Zangief are like very chain characters. And they, the game is so fast that like it, it, it's fast enough to where like you like frame counting and spacing uh, definitely take on like this new like competitive element of play that I think wasn't entirely emphasized or at least to such an extent in four unless you were like fucking running Yoon or, or like one of the older like late generation Street Fighter four characters. Um, but a lot of it like I, I I've always made Ken. But Ken's a completely different beast here. Totally Ken... different character. Yeah, they, they change up the combat to the point where, like, I feel like it's kind of a good thing, but they change it to where each character has different dynamics. Like, you don't just do, you know, like in 4, you did focus attack, dash, cancel, and that's how you would string together a lot of combos. That's how you do a lot of your strategy. You know, wake up, uh, wake up attacks, and, like, just a lot of the stuff seemed like it was very similar. Like, there was no variety in the characters, where, like, you, as long as you did the same kind of, like basically if you did the same stuff it didn't really necessarily matter what character you're using as long as you use the same strategy you could be successful this it feels like they are so varied and so different that there is a lot more strategy involved there's a lot more stuff you can do because each character is very different and also it's harder for the opponent to read what the character is going to do because they're not the same style anymore if they were a charge character in four they're probably not in five so it makes it completely different like changes it up. Yes. Nash is a basically like the archetype for uh, Guile but even then and then like Ryu, I I hate Street Fighter V Ryu. He's slow. He's mm. very, very slow. He's very, like, all of his movements are, I think, unless you're really good in, in terms of, like, determining your spacing and, and you're fluent enough in, like, various counters that you can have in mind for people who could telegraph it, because, believe me, you could telegraph that shit. And mm. it, it's weird because of that, and even, like, his dash forwards, I, I, I see a lot of Ryu players are jumping. They have to like up their air air game, and Ryu's just not an air character. Mm. So, um, I, I, he's, I he's he's only the one of the few that actually the inputs. A lot of things about him are still kind of the same, right? But his speed, it's his speed, yeah, and then like yeah. there are certain, there are other certain movements, and then like fucking like Ken's Tatsuyomaki, or uh, as, as Andrew has said before in the past, like his ch ch chukin, yeah, fucking. <laughs> His fierce like is a completely different beast to the point where like you can you can throw it in almost like killer like when I play Ken it really reminds me of like Iron Galaxy Killer Instinct, which mm. I can get behind like he has completely different like shutdown moves with his kicks and uh, various wake up counters with his low kicks and and even then like you can actually chain together his punches like fast and easy with a uh, sure you can and then like something that was completely exclusive to akuma before where you can do like a low kick tatsuomaki into like a medium to fierce like Sharyuken and actually catch and chain that within the air most times you would just like go right through your opponent you can actually do that it's like street fighter 5 is fast enough to where like if you counted the frames just right and you were very you're very articulate with your spacing you can do that with ken so there are times where people would be like, what the fuck? And and people don't even realize, like, oh, man, this is like, Ken, Ken can wreck shop. And mm-hmm. Ken's very combo heavy in this yeah. game. Um, but going back, like, the, the core competitive uh, elements are there. But rank fight, I, I haven't been able to score a win because everybody's rage, rage quit on me. Yes. And there's no 
they need to address that. I agree. And I feel like the reason why it did come out at the time that it did, it just, I think it's probably a lot of pressure from either Sony or Capcom trying to get the game out before Capcom Cup starts uh, and or Sony wanted to get it out before end of the, I think their quarter ends at the end of February, doesn't it? Yes. So that's an exclusive. It's a Sony exclusive. So maybe they think they get that out. It's, you know, last fiscal month. You know, it's a Sony exclusive, but the game is in the state that's in now is no, not worth $60. And, and, and get, don't get me wrong. I like Street Fighter. I'm not trying to be a Street Fighter apologist by saying, like, I bought the game when it came out. I bought the fight stick like I was ready. Like, didn't re- I mean, this game could have came out as the beta and I still would have paid money and bought it because I, I'm, I, I support it. I'm a fan. Even that being said, I will tell people, like, wait until March before you buy this. Unless you're hardcore, you don't need to ask me if you want to buy it or not. Anyways, you're already going to buy it. If you're on the fence about it, I just tell everyone, like, just wait till March. It, it's not complete. It's not feature complete. It's not even close That's, to being what it should be for, for a $60 game. Yeah, because there, there's, there's absolutely nothing to do from a single-player capacity. Like, nothing at all. Really, like, the story missions, like I said, you can go through every one within less than a half hour. Uh, the survival is very just bare bones and very slow. The loading for it is unnecessary, which is weird. And then from like the battle lounge and everything, like there's like there isn't even anything like King of the Mountain or anything like that. It's literally or like, lobbies. There's really no lobbies. Lo- I think no lo- lobbies with like two players. I think that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like you just do ranked matches or casual matches and then training and that's it. And like th- you know nobody. <sighs> That's not, that's, an, you, it. all right, this is the way I look at it. Like, all these features, like, came out with Killer Instinct for free. Their catch, you got only one character. You bought care like, but that model worked out well. I remember all of us, we were, like, doting on that model. I'm like, we're shitting on it. We're like, this isn't going to work. I think it did. It worked really well to the point where, like, we're, like, we're going to see Killer Instinct at EVO. It it's gonna it's a fuck it, it, isn't it at Evo this year? It sure is, and season three looks amazing. Amazing, so far. and not Arb- that Arbiter, Arbiter is gonna be in Rash. it. Tusk, they they showed they showed a teaser for Tusk. Yeah, dude, like Mm-mm. I I'm super stoked the way it's getting covered. And yeah, Ki's been doing really well, and now it's coming to PC. And yeah, it's and that's the thing. Like I guess the fighting game scene this year looks very promising because there's so many games coming out. It's just unfortunate that like the fighting game, you know, the the release is underperforming in Japan. It's underperforming in sales. It, it's not a complete game. And I it's know just, exactly why it, it's it, underperforming in Japan because like the Japanese community, they're not big on online, and that's yeah. where, and that's the core. That's what you're gonna get out of five. Like unless it, you're, yeah, it's just unfortunate. I feel like it's not a good start for this year in terms of fighting games. Like Tekken Seven supposed to be hitting this year. Uh, new versions of Guilty Gear, you know, MK, the new DLC is coming out real soon. I'm more excited about the DLC for MK, honestly. Yeah. And then, well, then there's Pokken Tournament, too. And yeah. everyone that yeah. I've heard that's played it, they're actually really like the thing that throws me off every time I watch Pokken Tournament in play is that it switches perspectives like back and forth from distance. Like it has like an uh, like a weird art of fighting take on it, like. When you're really far from your uh, opponent, it almost gets in like this 3D, like Dragon Ball Z Budokai esque, like situation where you you have like 3D movement where you can move back and forth, and then when you get fairly close to your opponent, it goes into a 2D plane, and I don't know how that plays. It looks like it doesn't play very well, like when when you go into it. But everybody said like no, it like 
I don't know. The camps have been mixed on whether or not that game deserves to be at Evo, but like people who have played, it, I'm like, no, I can see, I can see the competitive elements of this, like making this a game worthy of Evo, and people are like, fuck this, Evo's a joke now. So I don't know. I'm, but, I'm really looking forward to King of Fighters 14. Yeah, mm, not me. I mean, I, I, I guess it's, it's looking better, and I think people are excited about it. I'm just really bummed they went the 3D route. I would have loved to have kept yeah, the, me too. The, the, like, the, I mean, oh, the art style was amazing in 13. I uh, I was testing oh. out to see what uh, what North American games worked on this Japanese 360 of mine, and one of them uh-huh. actually was King of Fighters 13, and that nice. game is great. Oh, so good! Like the 2D sprites are fantastic. The backgrounds, by the way, incredible. Um, yeah. And yeah, I was able to get to the final dude on my first try, so it's really balanced in terms of gameplay. Mm-hmm. I would love to see maybe now with SNK becoming more involved in game development again. I would kill for a Capcom versus SNK. I would kill for it. So, dude, I Capcom really could use it. They like, need they the could. announcer from Capcom versus SNK too. Yes. Are you ready for the extreme? Oh mm. man! I just give me an HD re, a remake of that, and I'll be okay. But even still, like I've just. That'd be very, very exciting if they could actually get that to happen. But, like, we can almost do an entire episode on Capcom alone right now. Like, honestly, what is Capcom? Like, Capcom just, and I don't even know if it's an official release or another rumor, but, like, they have Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6 coming out in a collection, which, why? The the remake of 2. It, 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 like, (laughs) like, when I think of that, I'm like, wow, that's going to be a collection of de-evolution and process. (laughs) Um, But people will buy it just for 4. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, you did mention there's the remaster of two. Like, it's just remasters and re-releases. Mm-hmm. I don't... Like, Street Fighter Five is literally, like, the only new thing that they have. I don't even think they have anything new for Monster Hunter involved. And, like, I felt like that was the one thing that was keeping Capcom afloat. I don't know. Either way, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's all I've been playing, and I see that you've been playing it, too, and you share some of the same concerns. Yeah, I haven't played the actual. I I played. I think the first night it came out. I think I popped it in real quick, and that's. I think I got a match in. That's about as far as I got. Unfortunately, it's been not a not a very uh, a good week for playing games for me. Sadly, so I haven't played much. But I, I do really want to play more Street Fighter. Maybe when things have kind of actually gotten settled and things are where it's supposed to be, might play more of that. Yeah, but Rashid, man, Rashid and Laura are really good characters. Um. I keep forgetting where Karen came from, but I want to say she's Street Fighter Alpha 3. I believe that's correct, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is Alpha for sure. Took yeah. place on a crew. Her stage was a cruise ship, wasn't it? I, I don't know. Dude, the Alpha games are always like meh yeah. for me. She's always the one with the big on. curls, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cruise ship. Yeah, that's the, the fact that they just like kind of mined out like these weird like fucking Alpha characters like Mika. Well, Mika was in uh, 3, wasn't she? No. Okay, she wasn't in three. Yeah, so. I, I, I think I think she was alpha too. Yeah, no, she's definitely alpha, but I don't know if she yeah. actually made a, a return back in three. But like, Mm-mm. they definitely have some other three characters that they've teased, especially if you play story mode, like the weird fucking pouch hermit dude, like Oni, or whatnot. That like, or Ori. Ori, yeah, the, yeah. That, that, that's blue and red dude. No, 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 no. That's uh, oh. that that dude's name is Gil. Oh, uh, you're right. Yeah. I think they 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 like talked the, about Gil, the old green dude. Right? He, no, he's not green. He's like this super old, like really old with three stri- Yes, yeah. one armed. Oh my god, the storyline in Street Fighter is so fucking convoluted. Like the the storyline five is actually before 
Is it before Third Strike or after? No, wait, I don't know. That storyline's no, weird. No, no, no. It it actually, I think it's actually supposed to be after four because like they keep talking about but, the Satsui no Hadu. But all those games are before another Street Fighter game. Fuck, I don't know, man. In the storyline, it's weird. I I'd have to look it up, but I know all that stuff happens before something else because, um, in one of the games, I don't remember which one. Bison's not around anymore. Like 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 spoilers. Bison's dead in one of the games, and so him being in these games now indicates that the storyline is before those events. But I just can't remember for life what the game is. Maybe it is Alpha. I don't know. Because I don't think Bison's in Alpha. No, he is in Alpha. Is it? fuck. Well, what the hell? Yeah, Man. dude, exactly. Like, the only game so, he's not in is 3. Well, maybe that's the one, then. Maybe it's all before 3. It makes sense. Yeah, 3 and three is the one with the weird Adonis-looking motherfucker who's red and blue. That's Gil. It, like, Capcom always says this weird, like, let's give them the most cornbread-ass white names for, like, our big bad dudes. Like, there's and, Gil and, 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 and Seth. Seth. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I, I don't know. But, see... Here's all right. Here's where I want to smash that theory. They make a lot of references to stuff that happens in four, including like they even show off new characters that were introduced in four, like Jury. So, and not only that, um, like Cammy's mode or Cammy's story is literally like an extension off of like Ultra Street Fighter Four of her fighting to Capre. So yeah, again, they they don't know what the fuck they're doing anymore. So, but nobody plays Street Fighter for this story. But, like, the story is also really lazy. It's just a bunch of, like, scene. Like, it, it's like they almost took, like, a Vita approach to it. Like, there's absolutely mm. no beautiful animation like they had in 4 or anything like that. It's dumb. But hopefully, mm. I mean, if, if Capcom sticks to what they're saying about, like, really evolving this game and, and sticking with doing that instead of iterations like they did with 4. Uh, and and Marvel versus Capcom three, then you know, good deal. And even then, Marvel versus Capcom three was supposed to be even bigger, but all the backlash from Ultimate, like, really, really fucked the momentum that that game had. And also Disney. Yeah. <laughs> and also, and also, and also Disney too. I mean. Yeah, there's the, the, also that. I totally forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, but Andrew. Please, yeah. go on. See, tell us a yarn. Oh, God. I mean, like I said, it's been a terrible, terrible time for me to try to play games. It's been kind of a ridiculous amount of other stuff like work and, and, and family and all that stuff. You really don't want to get in the way of your gaming experiences. Okay. Well, so let me see if I can make it easy then. Sure. Um, sure. Can you can you talk to us about a game that isn't Destiny? Uh I could, but it's stuff we've already talked about at length. Uh, okay. The, the only thing other than Destiny that I've played, and let me just say that with Destiny, it, it's the only thing I can do that's not work, and it's kind of a social thing for me at this point because I have a group of you know core group people I play with, and that's kind of like that's just what I do when I when I'm not working. So Destiny, I enjoy it. Not a lot of people do right now um, because of the lack of content and the direction it's going in, but. I still play it, and I, I still enjoy it. Um, I did a lot of the Iron Banner stuff since we last recorded. I did the Crimson Doubles event for Valentine's Day, and at this point now I'm just doing just random stuff to get more weapons to drop that I want. At this point I'm just kind of more like completing a collection that I'm actually playing the game. Like I've done all the story-based stuff and all the like specific stuff I can do. I'm just going through the motions at this point, which is kind of relaxing for me. Like it might not be great for people that want more new stuff in the game, but for me, it's actually not bad. So um, when are you going to hop on a halo five and play Griffball with me? 
I should. I have Halo 5. I have it installed. I have a lot of games. At this point now, I can tell you on both systems what I have installed and what I have not played. It, it, it's quite a long list. Um, I would like to play through Halo, at least the story, and maybe do some of the online, because I hear it's really solid. It is. Warzone. Warzone's really fun. Should, um, should read my Halo 5 review. I was very pleased mm-hmm. with it. If anything... Mm-hmm. The story wise and like I don't complain about it only because like we knew from the get go that this is supposed to be a trilogy. So when people are just like, oh, man, that lazy cliffhanger ending, I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, we it, knew it, it, it's it's the new trilogy. Yeah, you're it, the same thing happened in two. <laughs> the exact same thing happened too. And people like two a lot. So yeah, I just don't see where the hate is. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, destiny aside, uh, I I tried to jump back into Witcher again because I was going to try to take a break from Destiny and that lasted all about a night before something else happened, like an event or something that we had to jump into. So I tried to jump back into Witcher and I... That game, I really want to play more of it. I really want to be into that game, but I feel like the difficulty there is just a little too much for me right now where you'll start to do like some side quests or just do some stuff to like go and progress the main story because at the place I'm at now in the game, I can't progress the story because I'm not high enough level, so I need to do side quests. And you can go off the beaten path for a little bit and you end up running to enemies that are way more powerful than you. And I just don't feel like my combat, I'm not as skilled at that game than I should be, maybe, just from being away from it for as long as I've been. And It's not, it's not a very easy game to jump back into after a long period of time not playing it. I, I'm, I probably would have been better off just starting over, honestly. Um, but I played that for a little bit, nothing really substantial, but... It was the one thing on my list I wanted to play more of because I was really excited when that game came out. Played, you know, uh, quite a decent amount of it when it first came out, and then I just didn't get a chance to get back to it. Um, let's see. Other than that, very, very briefly, I played Pokemon X. Uh, like we discussed earlier, the Pokemon distribution events have been going on, and just having a Mew card was the only reason. Like I, I actually booted up X and never had played it before. I had it on my 3DS for a year and a half. Oh, dude, you missed out on that other McDonald's event then, I I would assume, with Hoopla. That would have been something I missed out on. Yes, that's correct. It was strange, though, because I had never played X, and I I jumped in and played about half an hour before I could get, like, to where you could get your deliveries for your mystery gifts. And I had, like, that that, that Mew from the distribution event. I had some kind of pumpkin thing. Uh, I had, like, a level 50. I had, like, a level 50 Gengar. I had uh, like 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 five, almost like five different things I got from mystery gifts. I'd never even like, never played the game to get. You know, it was like the first time I ever jumped into it. Oh yeah, there's also the Diancy. Where's yeah? I had, I, I, I had that too. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's quite a few. That yeah, that shiny Gengar man. Um, but you know, but like I said, not very mm, experienced or versed in Pokemon, so I, I played just a very brief amount of that. I just feel to get like to my X and gift. Y would be the best jumping point for you. That's what yeah. I also mentioned a lot yeah. in my review because like mm-hmm. they're. A lot mm-hmm. of the like first half of like X is like just an amalgamation of like earlier generations of Pokemon before it even like hits you over the head with like the new one. I think that's what like really got fucked up about like black and white is not only did it just do the formulaic I'm like, okay, you're this generation's Ratata, you're this generation's Pidgey, you're this generation like, you know, but it just slapped people with like new Pokemon left and right. And it didn't kind of it it didn't make like returning people who wanted to give it a chance, like see, it didn't give them enough familiar faces to see and to yeah, make them feel no, welcome. For, for me, there wasn't enough incentive to actually play through it. Definitely, no. But um, I mean, like, like one of the biggest elements in X and Y is like, within the second town, you get your choice of like one of the first generation starters. 
So you cool. have that, nice, and then nice. a new starter. So like something like that, like I think is really fucking. I I, I I think it hooks people that have played it before, and also people that are just getting into it. That being said, I'm definitely going to be really excited about downloading Yellow when that comes out. I'm very excited about the prospects of having that game again. Let's see, you know, I think that's the that weird that, thing that, that that was my first one I played on Game Boy Color, so I'm really excited to get that again. See, so like, all right, so like I really enjoy blue, yellow, and red. Don't get me wrong. And like, I, I've oh. replayed them before like years ago, right? But then I and then I did that again with fire red and leaf green. And mm-hmm. like, I'm done. I'm done with that. Like, I don't, I just don't understand like the appeal of people just like, oh, I can totally play. Like, you know, I guess because people aren't fucking crazy like me and just have the game readily available to play if like they wanted to. <laughs> yeah, like, like they wait a while and the, the nostalgia kind of brings them back. But yeah, no, I think it like, that's one thing I wish I had my Game Boy Color. Just do not have that game. I, I'd be excited if I had it. But that's the thing. I wouldn't have any interest in playing it if I had the physical copy. But now that you're offering it to me digitally, it's just something about the like, oh, I can download this and I'll have it. I might not ever play it, but at least I know I'll have it. You know, yeah, I'm not looking and, around for a cart or anything like that. And see, like, that's the thing. Like, and I think I don't know if they said they would do this or whatnot. I'm still really confused about it. But like, if those games had any sort of interaction with Pokemon Bank, then I'd be all over it. I could see that. I I hope they do. I think that'd be a really big missed opportunity if they didn't. I Nintendo. That's their middle name is missed opportunity. I suppose you're right. I <laughs> suppose you're right. Um, but no, honestly, that was about it for me. I'm I'm really hoping that things slow down for me. Uh, you know, other aspects of life, so I can actually play and catch up with some games. I'd like to do some more streaming. Uh, I was really thinking about doing that. Hopefully, when things kind of get to a more slower and easier handle pace, just you know, the the, the stuff that you really don't want to do the work stuff has been getting away in a pretty bad way so hopefully that changes soon because i would like to play more stuff but um i don't know i guess maybe we'll just play a game of what side what should i play first i don't know what would you recommend if i had to play one thing off my back catalog of games i have you know i have a decent amount what do i play now i would undertale pokemon x and undertale i mean i do have undertale so i'm really excited i want to play that (laughs) god Uh, damn it bless you um (laughs) I, would, really, I promise. Yeah, it's fine. I'd really like to play Firewatch. I haven't heard nothing but good things about that. Firewatch is really like M was telling me that like she was a little teary eyed over it, and 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 maybe it'd be good for me to play some like really like like quick stuff, like a couple hours, like one sitting, just something to knock it out. So I feel like accomplished. I played something. I think tackling like these big, massive open world RPGs like Witchers probably isn't going to do the trick. Oh, dude, so, yeah, I still guys, can't get around it, to it, it. If you guys got suggestions or for some like really smaller like bite-sized gaming experiences, then I would recommend it. And, and I'd really look uh, look forward to it. If someone has any suggestions, well, uh, if, uh, you, you guys if, or anyone listening, if they have any suggestions, I'm all, I'm all for it. If you've got uh, a couple bucks to spare and you don't mind uh, the game being made in RPG maker, Hero and Daughter is pretty cool and it's about 10 hours long. Okay. Actually, I think I, think I saw a press release about that. Yeah, I, I uh, well, the review should be hitting the uh, the site very okay. soon on that actually right, as well. Yeah, so, Sarah reviewed yeah. it. Nice, nice. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, dude, Undertale, Pokemon, and really like even then like Unravel. You can't go and it's twenty bucks. You can't go wrong. I really recommend Unravel. Like if Limbo, like I remember uh, all even like I I would say Unravel would scratch an itch for any of us, including Sarah. And I, I'm sorry, Sarah. I hate like to sound like insulting at all if I use you as like the barometer. But like, no, I, I make a pretty good barometer. Jesus, a barometer Obama. I'm sorry. Nope. I yeah. I see. I can't do it. Only Sarah can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, 
yeah, dude, unravel. That's uh, okay. that that's definitely. But but yeah, on the top of that, should definitely be Undertale. I want to get like I a really message. I want to get a message from you at like 3 a.m. in the morning where you just like question everything. You're just like, how the <laughs> fuck even? I'm like, dude, I know. How yep. the I'm like, I know. I, I already did that. But then that part, I'm like, yep. And then I, yeah. Like, I just finished Genocide, and I don't want to spoil it because like there is some, but man, there, there are moments where like you, the, the just through environmental indications that like, the game really, really makes you feel like shit. Like, no, well, like I, I didn't really cover this too, and this isn't really spoilery, but like it's like I think it's a fun, like it's annoying, but like it's an ingenious way where like when you're like doing genocide, like you have to kill everyone, and like the only way you can find out when you have killed everyone is when you have an encounter come up because it's a random encounter RPG, but then the screen says, "But nobody came." Oh. And then the music just gets ominous and everything. And then just like all the other subtext. And then a game gets really fucking weird and really meta, but makes you feel like shit. So it's it's good. I, I really think that like while I don't know. And plus, like the characters are so engrossing. Like I would definitely recommend playing pacifist first. But like like it's so weird. Like there are Easter eggs that are still being discovered. Like, if you do genocide first, and I mentioned that, if you do genocide before pacifist, you get extra content to pacifist. And I kind of wish that, you know, but at the same time, I respect the fact that, like, I got to know that and, like, not put in the time to discover that, like, or even hear about it, like, at a later point. But, yeah, I, I definitely recommend playing that. Um, speaking of which, also another really weird bit of news that I totally forgot. Uh, apparently, somebody found out uh, that uh, discovered some secret, like, menus within Mortal Kombat 2. Um, did you guys hear about that? I did. Oh. Yeah, I saw. I saw the video too. Um, at first, I thought it was like you know, I didn't know what they meant by secret menus because when I first saw like a screen cap of it, I was like, oh, they're just the menus that you do it. Like, if you have like an arcade machine, which I had, I had an MK2 machine until kind of recently. I mean, I still have it, but it's like kind of destroyed. I have to like redo it. Um, they're like obviously like you have like the thing in there where you can like hit like credits. And then there's like a menu button that takes you to the menu for like setting the volume and all that stuff. So I thought that's what that was about. And I was like, oh, that's not a secret at all. And then you find out you have to like press like a very complex sequence of the player one and player two block buttons, I believe it is. Yes. To to bring up this Ed Boon menu where you can like look at like the endings of each character. You can uh, like do some other stuff like set initials for like the top scores, like for like when you have like on just like you know attract mode where you can just like see like who has top scores like you can set those random initials um but i don't know was there a lot else that they had i mean i saw most of the video i didn't get the chance to see the whole thing that was pretty um, much it but still it's yeah. really weird they like you know with cabs like that they came with like an extensive booklet that like a manual that covered uh-huh. all that and like the dose settings and i'm surprised like something like that i i want to say that like if ed boone has ever like if he, if he'd ever take the time to comment They'd be like, it's been there the whole fucking time, you idiots. It's not he a kind, secret. He, he kind of did. Like, he had said, like, there were secrets in those machines that, that people still haven't found yet. And I think that's probably what he was referencing to. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of nice. It, it's, it's, a, it's a nice little quirk. And it's kind of, like, nice to kind of go back and be like, oh, wow. That was something that people did. Like, you don't really get that kind of stuff in games anymore. You don't really get Easter eggs. You don't really get a lot of that stuff in games anymore. But that was a thing for a long time. Um, kind of a shame we don't really experience that as much anymore, you know, with our 
Dude, you know, we don't even get surprises. We get leaks. We get leaks and we get, oh, well, I already knew that. Or I data mined that and I found that out already. Like, there's no surprises. Or so. my dad works at Nintendo. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, speaking of Mortal Kombat. Sure. We're going to go ahead and head into the feature topic where we talk about games that you share with your loved ones. Like grabbing their heart after impaling your hands to their chest and pulling it out as a sign of love. You know, or something of that effect. Sure. Anyway. Yeah. I think that's how that works. Mm-hmm. How well else are you going to make a heart skip a beat, right? <laughs> God damn it. See, I can't, dude. You say is... that, you say that, I imagine someone like skipping it across water like a flat stone. <laughs> like a flat stone, <laughs> yeah. like stand by me status um so with valentine's coming and going and the fact that this is a leap year february right it is that's correct yeah so this is this is one of those special februaries uh something that like we're probably seeing the product of uh some special birds that might happen but anyway uh the product of a birth is through the consummation and romantic union of a man and woman or you know the adoption of a woman and woman or man and man or whatever at this point, you don't even have to identify as a gender and that's the world we live in. And it's totally awesome. But like no matter what orientation or preference you choose to go off of, one thing remains the same. Both of you do enjoy a rousing game of whatever the fuck you enjoy playing together in on a TV screen of some sorts or, or PC monitor or something, and we're going to take some time to talk about it. So, Andrew, you yes. have actually like already like shared that this was something that's been on your mind, and that you were kind of discussing it. I'm very curious. We never really went into detail for it until the show. But what what sort of games like do you and Courtney enjoy playing together? Because we know, and again, we don't want to invite too much like reveal on your personal life between you and your uh, wife. Yeah, no, definitely, and I. I kind of kind of had this idea because you know I guess maybe uh, I almost felt guilty in a way that there was so much of my hobby that I enjoy, but she would either not really be familiar with or not have a similar interest in. You know, I I think I'm defined, you know, a lot of what I do and a lot of things I'm into. I, I'm defined by my my hobby, my enthusiasm for the games industry. It kind of defines me as a person. I feel like that's something that she's never really been super interested in. Like she knows I'm into it. I'm excited about it, but she's never had the personal interest in it. Uh, you know, and I'm not the kind of person that's going to force it upon her. You know, of course I'm not gonna be like, well, you should like this. Cause I like this. No, that's not how that works. If anything, I think it's better that she doesn't like the stuff I'm into. It, it gives us the reasons to talk about different stuff, but I was always kind of bummed because I would be really excited about a game. Like I told her, you know, not in any specifics, but I told her, there's this game I played called Gone Home. It lasts two hours. Like, it's a very quick playthrough. I think you'd love it. Like, I, I that game was life-changing for me to play through that game. And I just wish I could let her experience that as well. Although she's not really big into video games, she wouldn't really know 
even how really to control the game. She would probably just go through and thinking, well, I'm just going through and I'm picking up books. And I'm looking at pictures like I don't get this. This isn't I don't I don't understand it. And so I thought it'd be kind of interesting if we somehow like could jump into those kinds of games, but cooperatively where either I'm kind of with her and talking about it as she's playing it or I'm playing it and she's watching it. So that's actually the extent of what our cooperative gaming is. It's me playing a game and her watching. Uh, that's why stuff like Telltale games work so well. Like she's watched me play through several several Telltale games like Walking Dead and, and Wolf Among Us. And she's been interested in the storyline. Like she's watching it almost like it's cinematic, like she's watching a film. Uh, same can be said about Uncharted Um it's kind of nice because she's always really commented on how much she liked Catherine and persona three. And I don't think it was because of the gameplay at all. It was just because of the cutscenes and the music, like the music for her is actually pretty like timeless. Like she'll hear persona music. She's like, I know what that's from. And that's kind of exciting because it crosses that threshold of they're not, she's not really a gamer, but she remembers the music. So it's just little stuff like that. That I think that, I think someone that's not into games should still experience it, but they may not be interested in the, in the actual, the hobby or the genre. And so, yeah, I was trying to think of games that would maybe fit that mold. Um, you know, stuff like we talked about gone home stuff like firewatch stuff. That's a little bit more cinematic, something you can enjoy as you're watching it, but maybe not being the one in control or maybe not the one playing it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the extent of it. Honestly, she has played games. Um, she hasn't really not played games, maybe not so much in these last few generation cycles, but she was pretty avid, uh, playing racing games on PS one like uh jet moto and you know games like that moto man i have she loves that that stuff she loves that stuff yeah she was actually very proud of her uh the saved games that she had on her ps1 memory card we were looking at not too long ago um and just kind of a a really quick antidote about that um like i said she doesn't play games not really into it like i am like you know she doesn't like have a console she doesn't have a she doesn't she have has, a video game podcast. She does not have a video game podcast. <laughs> she 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 does have a PSN ID, but it's only to watch Netflix and Hulu on the PS4 we have upstairs. Oh, dude, look, I'm gonna add her. You tell her that. I will. I'll have to find out what her username is because we made it up just randomly. So I gotta I gotta remember what that is. I don't think I don't think I. Have I need, I need the rub, dude. I'm gonna add her. All right, it sounds like a plan. You might be her only friend because I don't think I've even added her yet. There you go. Um, I'm gonna have that over you. That being said, we did have a PS3 for a while there, and I remember. Um, she was off for like summer break. This is before the kids, this is before all the stuff. So she was just kind of like on break. She didn't really have a lot to do. And I came home one day from work and she had confessed to me that she had played over eight hours of burnout paradise. And I, I was so proud. I was so, so proud. (laughs) I was like, that's probably the best thing I've heard. Like just because she liked racing games and it was on the system and she's like, well, I'll give it a shot. And she just got immersed. She hasn't played it since. You know, but she, but I vividly remember that day of her playing eight hours of Burnout Paradise and her absolutely loving it. And I don't know games can do that. Games can have those experiences. Even if you're not a fan, like there might be that one game or that one thing you play and you're like, I remember that. That was a lot of fun. And see, I, I think that's enough. Yeah. I, and see, I've, I've come at it like so that's funny that you mentioned that. And I've discussed mm-hmm. that. I've come at it from like this, like you're, you're essentially coming at it from like a spectator perspective yes. where like there yeah. are games that and there were games that like. Uh, that in in previous relationships where like my partner really really enjoyed the spectator too like one in particular like the the one partner I think I played video games with the most and like it really just applied like various dynamics and it was great because there are times where she'd look at like she'd come into my office in my room and be like I there dude I just want to play something from this and like it was really awesome to like introduce her to like stuff that she never really gave a second thought. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like when I first started dating her, I, I like from a spectator perspective, I explained like, no, video games give you choice now. Like you there are things that you can do and you can like become completely immersed and attached to characters and like fall for them and have like an entirely different direction. And like she um, she looked at that and she was just like she like it blew her mind is like I had no idea that there's been this sort of depth and complexity that's been introduced to video games and like mm-hmm. she laughed at it but then she gave it more thought and like she got into it but then she was just like you know I don't really enjoy like the I like I'd rather just play something with you and there are a lot of uh different games that I feel like do not get enough credit for being like wonderful cooperative games um and there and even then there's a lot of indie games that are really good cooperative games that I'll go into in a bit but um, the cooperative games that we like super played, like if not all the time, was definitely Kirby. I could say that like with every Kirby, even the most recent one, Rainbow Curse, like my the partner that I'm talking about, like she definitely helped me uh, with quite a bit with that review, and especially with the Waddle D mechanics uh, that are introduced mm-hmm. with doing that. But it, no matter the Kirby, whether it was uh, Rainbow Curse uh, or Epic Yarn or Superstar or, you know, Return to Dreamland, that, like, really weird but fun Wii game that, like, fucking got released in the last second nobody played. Um, Kirby has always been a go-to. But even other uh, moments that, like, there are these light, like, cooperative fairs that, like, people really... I don't know. I feel like they take for granted. And, like, it, it's awesome when... There, there's definitely like a, a sense of cohesion that mm-hmm. that's just introduced in a way like like any of the Mario cooperatives like they're just fun frenetic games but they're also chaotic as shit right uh, but then like when uh, I played with her uh, and I and I introduced to her the concept of like Mario Kart Double Dash like Double Dash to me is still will be the best Mario Kart yep game. agreed and like it, that to me is the one of the best couples games because not only does it require communication and it does have like a lot of teamwork aspects to it, but like you can completely like at some point switch roles at any point and like you can, you can totally work at the strengths of each player and just really become a team. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are a lot of games that do that. And I feel like it, it's really opened the door. Like um, another game that we play a lot of, like as far as galaxy Oh, as far as in terms of co- like lighthearted cooperative elements is in the Mario Galaxy games. Um, and there's a new indie game that actually came out on eShop that like I, I, I just thought of immediately would be a wonderful uh, cooperative game. It's called Freeze Me. And like I have played it. I didn't want to talk about it so much as watching your console because I saved it for this moment uh, where it essentially it's a throwback to like original 3d platformers of the nintendo 64 age uh especially taking a lot of influence from like rareware platformers uh and and mario galaxy uh however like the big mechanic is that using either the gamepad or the wiimote you have to like freeze like a moving platformer object or somewhat in place and basically use that as a uh, means to solve whatever puzzle you need to solve so you can get through the level and you can either do that like from a single player aspect and do it from the gamepad as well, uh, or like say the Wiimote, or you can give the Wiimote to your partner and you can just direct them what you'd like them to freeze. Um, other games like Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, where like 
entire dynamics uh, require like fucking cooperative uh, play, and and the fact that like you have two people who need to work to to essentially achieve something, and it, and it's all done through like uh, I, I it, it it all depends on like how close uh, of a partnership or bond you may have with that other player. That I've seen people play it uh to to yield success especially it's really interesting to see as a social experiment between romantic partners another one that i love to death uh that I, I think nobody's ever considered before but like i think would be the coolest couples game ever if i and i've been trying to introduce it more to people like if i ever have like a party where i definitely like i want a boyfriend and girlfriend or boyfriend boyfriend girlfriend and girlfriend such and such is uh keep talking and nobody explodes like that would be an incredible couples games. Basically, I feel like in this day and age, like where I, I I'm with you, Andrew, and there and like don't get me wrong, like Last of Us, she couldn't play. She just she was intimidated by it. But that was her favorite game to watch. We yeah like, yeah Courtney had that too. She and she enjoyed watching that one as well. Yeah, there's there's a yeah. lot of games and even Uncharted. Like Uncharted was like I there's so much shared excitement for like fucking a thief's end and. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know, dude. I'm stoked on the Thieves' End. They're really, really hinting at choice-based gameplay. Yeah, like more like dialogue options and things like that, which is, that actually looks kind of cool to me. Yeah, a lot of, I don't know, it's weird. I've been hearing people bitch about that. I'm like, I don't want that in Uncharted. There's dialogue <laughs> options and everything. I'm like, yeah, but like, it's Uncharted. Like, the writers, like, Neil Gaiman. Like, at least, yeah, at least you know it'll be delivered very well. Yeah, it's going to be done incredibly. Not, not like the Fallout mm. 4, but... Uh. But uh, I don't know. When it comes to co-op games, I mean, I, you've mentioned a lot of games that you play actually play cooperatively. I just, I guess, it's always been for me like it's been just more of those spectator kind of experiences, not really like both of us with a controller in hand playing through something. I just don't think that works well for us because then it's like it's more of she's not comprehending how to do certain things and she's getting upset. You know, she's the kind of person that we play Guitar Hero, and if I you know, try to tell her how to play the guitar. She gets upset. Like she wants to do it on her own. So that kind of stuff doesn't work too well because you're kind of like, you know, as a gamer, as someone that's been into it often and, and, you know, knows about it, you try to show them, okay, this is what you push. This is what you hit. And it's just like, it doesn't go over too well. So it's always been for us, just those spectator kinds of things, but I'm okay with that. I think that's also a way to be cooperative. You can talk about it. You can discuss things. It's, it's more of you're cooperating on like, I guess, going through the narrative or going through like what this means and it's not so much the actual input i just don't ever ever want to be a thing and this is maybe going on like on the bad side of cooperative games when they like make a joke about like oh well you want your wife or girlfriend to play the game so we're gonna give you girlfriend mode or something like that like that to me is just like no that's that's not that's that's not how you do that like the way you experience it is the way you're going to experience it whether it's you playing or you watching it as long as you're getting something out of it, that's all that matters. Doesn't matter if you're actually playing the game or not. As long as you're getting something out of the experience. Well, what about you, know, sir? Uh, Twinbee had a, a couples mode in it actually, where like the first player would draw most of the fire, mm-hmm. so that uh, you know if someone was maybe less experienced in the shoot 'em up sort of setting, they could still enjoy the game without having to deal with a ton of bullets. Yeah, and that, that'd be good even for people that aren't romantically like together. Yeah, it could be just exactly. like, hey, like just like a like, training like how, motor. Like COD, when they do like the the perks and stuff like that, or like you know you get a certain thing, but like the rest of your team can use it, or like the person you're playing with can use it, like that kind yeah. of stuff helps for like more novice players. One mm-hmm. game that uh, that we really like playing, Dave Runa and I, is uh, Pocky and Rocky. 
Pocky and Rocky is a sweet yeah. couples game. It's like, it's great. Like it's got that uh, that cute em up style that you know it's it's appealing to to anybody really, and uh, like it's not super serious and it's uh, it's plenty challenging. So like there's plenty of replay to see how far you can get, and it's it's something that we both enjoyed playing like way back in the day as well. So there's a nostalgia factor uh, bundled all into that, right? So so here's the. Uh... Here's the question I have for you guys, because like everybody always asks me in this situation, like I, I get it quite a lot, especially if people ask me like, oh, you with a girl, like, well, what do you do when she comes in your office or your room? I'm like, uh, well, or your house for that matter. Um, and somebody asked me, like, what is your go to for someone like in that capacity? Like when you come to introducing a game, like what what's the the quote unquote eye catch, like the, the game that you think is going to be introduced and like. I don't want to go off the stereotype of like, oh, Mario Brothers, of course. I mean, that that's for everyone. But like if there's a game that normally that I think kind of encap like it capitalizes on that that same sentiment that I've gone on to talk about in terms of cooperation. I I love Bubble Bobble or or Bust a Move. Oh Just, yeah, Bubble Bobble's great. Yeah. I mean, of course it's super challenging like near the end and it's dumb hard, but like those initial couple levels and just like seeing people interact or, or like to that effect, like fucking yeah, like dumb cooperative games where like there's a definitely an interaction between you guys. And like I I've been it from your perspective too, uh, Andrew. It's just that like it it's weird, like I don't know, because I've definitely had like relationships or yeah like all they were you know my partner had like no real desire to play but she wanted to see like she whatever was on screen she she wanted it to like move forward in motion like she wanted progress to it and there are times too where like you know like gone home for example gone home especially like during certain monologues like really like it made the emotions run high um, I was really happy that I got to share that. Um, Life is Strange, uh, weirdly enough, and I've talked about it at length in the reviews, and we'll talk about it in the game club, but like, once that, uh, once it hits the third episode, uh, my, you know, the girlfriend at the time, like, which has been the same girlfriend I've been talking about this entire time, but like, uh, spoilers, like, we're not together anymore, but we're, we're kosher and civil. But anyway, um, yeah, she she couldn't she couldn't hang, and like I don't blame her. It covers some like weird subject material that like I don't think it it still does the best job. Like it's tasteful about it, but it's definitely not. It's it's tasteful, but its delivery and pacing could definitely use some work. And there are times where it like really slaps in the face with some like hardcore subject matter, like some law and order, like special victims unit shit that like people did not entirely expect from like the initial like onset of the first two episodes you know so um there there are and and video games are kind of getting into that weird territory where there's a lot of things being covered and weird narratives and stories being covered but like it does make for uh interesting spectatorship like you know we live in a day and age where like the walking dead is like one of the top tv shows of all time and then we have Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Like, again, they're, they're shows that, like, cover a, a variety of topics that are, like, fairly sensitive for some people. And yet, 
you know, by the ratings and popularity of it, like people are ready for like subversive storytelling. And I feel like video games can deliver it in a really weird way uh, where basically you you can be more interactive with it. So there's a sense of attachment like um, there's another game that I've been actually doing a late to the party feature on like that I, I haven't been putting too much attention because I want to cover reviews but funny enough like there's somebody I'm seeing now and there's a fun game that we're doing and I don't know if you did this before with Courtney I think you may have Andrew or may not but maybe you'd be interested in doing a weird cooperative game and spectator game uh, that like I think is, a, is another one that people may not consider to be uh, one for discussion is uh, L.A. Noir. I, I really yeah, like having somebody, yeah, having somebody there and then like also working with you to back up. I'm like, no, I'm huh. pretty sure that that suspect's lying. Go, going through the clues and stuff like that. Actually, I, I've heard a couple of really good ones uh, listening to another podcast. Um, they talked about how uh, he was playing the witness and his significant other would like help map out the puzzles. Like they would like both try to figure out how to do the puzzles. So I, I think that kind of thing works really well too. Like where they're kind of assisting in completing some stuff in the game, but not actually playing the game. Like they're kind of like, you know, assisting on the outside. I could definitely see that. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, and I really enjoy like games that have like that meta value, but like it, it, it's almost like, do they have that meta value or are we able to like put it there? And I'm, and I'm happy to say that like more and more that like, it's something that's been going to the point where we can do things like that. And even in like, like Sarah and Ren, like they actually like they do team duo coverage on bullet heaven all the time yeah and she doesn't necessarily like playing shooters but she does it just to sort of sort of spend a little more time with me right but also i think it's good for your show because i've always mentioned that like i like how her she has a unique perspective when it comes to those games oh yeah maybe 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 having more of a you know like i don't play these as much as sarah but i'm gonna give out you know like my opinion on this i i think that works really well so, oh, yeah. you, you know, it, it complements the show because then you have Sayer who does this a lot and knows what he's doing. And then you have someone that maybe doesn't know as much, like still is, is able to play it, you know, but maybe not as advanced. But it, it gives that that perspective, which is really nice. I mean, do you feel like that's something you both give each other when you're playing games since you got, are both active gamers, maybe different genres? Maybe she knows more about a game or a genre than you do and she kind of assists you with that? Or? Oh, yeah. Like she's untouchable in Soul Calibur. I couldn't beat her if I tried. Ah, Fighting yeah. game fan, all right, cool. Exactly. Oh, she's a huge <laughs> fighting game fan. No, because yeah. I remember she was talking, like, dude, me and her have gone some rounds in Street Fighter Four, like, for a hot second, and then not only that... Um, I just remember she- her being really super into Hatsune Miku before I knew that was a thing. Like, like, um, it feels like a long, long time ago. Yeah, like years like 20, and years 2012 ago. now, right? So that's yeah, four yeah, years tw- ago. Yeah, yeah, 2011, 2012, yeah. Well, no, but, like, wasn't Ren, like, isn't... She, she was also, like somewhat like peeping out on fucking mortal Kombat like x as well i remember that but no she's oh yeah fighting games yeah no she's she's huge in fighting games fighting uh, games she's... is also a weird i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you sarah no, i was ahead. gonna say like she, she's also like heavy into like stuff like assassin's creed and call of duty <laughs> which is kind of interesting like i yeah she she can hang on veteran like i've never seen it's kind of ridiculous like i couldn't do it mm-hmm. um but like it sort of plays into like w- something that we enjoy doing. Like sometimes there's games where we we might not, like you said, we, we might not enjoy playing it, but we'll enjoy watching it. Uh, but other times, like we'll often tackle a single player game together. Like there was one game that was made by uh, an indie studio called uh, Miklos, 
It's a game called Out There, and basically you're this stranded uh, guy in the middle of space in this rundown spaceship, and you have to sort of find supplies, and you interact with different alien species and stuff like that. But every time you play, it's different. So what we do is we start fresh every single time, and we sort of... Um, you know, we, we sort of converse amongst each other to see what we should do next and how we should go about tackling the game because, like, it's really fun and it's it's nice to have someone else's input as you go through it, too, so that you're not making, like, a particularly dumb decision as I'm apt to do. Right, and then, like, I remember you and her also spe- uh, shared, like, a special moment over Lifeless Planet, right? I, or, or is it the name Lifeless Planet? It's the one where like you're an astronaut and you go out to Mars like looking for people. Like that was an indie game that you I remember you thoroughly enjoyed, but you were mentioning that like Ren was also really digging on it with you. Yeah. Um well we Lifeless Planet, I think, that was the one with yeah, the, the, where it had like the Soviet stuff. I, I actually played that alone. I played that uh played through that in a day. But uh, she was at work. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. I'm, I don't know but, what game I'm like thinking of, but there was one that also like you guys had. I could it was either something because like I did not. I remember Lifeless Planet was a game that I did not expect you to like. That's not a Sarah game that I thought you would enjoy, but you ended up enjoying it very much. But it was cool. I got to play through it again because I've got a much more powerful rig and I can run it on maximum settings. So I really want to get the full effect. But uh, no, yeah, that game was really, really cool stuff. I love the design, uh, the design in it for sure. No, but there was one time, and I'm friends with her now. But um, another time too, um, you know, if we're again, if we're giving anybody out there ideas for their spouse, and like if one of the big themes that we talked about alone was fucking like Pokemon. Pokemon's a great place to start. Like I, when X and Y came out, I was dating a girl at a time uh at that time and she bought y i bought x and wow we dude we really got bit by the pokemon bug like bad like right. i it, that's a lot of what we were doing she was raising her team her way and she was being way more casual about it and me i'm like fucking effort value like training just with the new mechanics but uh it was really fun, too, because, like, the last time she really played Pokemon was Gold and Silver. So, like, she saw it as an opportunity. I'm like, hey, this is something I can do with my boyfriend. So I got her back into it to the point where she's just like, okay, well, I'm going to leave your house now because I've been here for, like, three days. And, like, she could play it at home and she'll even text me like, look what I did. Can you tell me what this, like, can you talk to me about this? And I feel like if, like, what we're about to see in the direct is true, like, that's something you can totally do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I think the point that we're trying to make is that like video games have now like become something that, I mean, everyone wants to share like some sort of experience or vent about it. I mean, that's why you're listening to this podcast. You're wanting to listen to conversations about video games that you might have associated or hear about other games. And I think now like they've reached this like pinnacle in where, even even in like the smallest capacity, whether they're in the room with you or they just enjoy like any of the subject material or, or like anything. I mean, there can literally be a video game about fucking anything that you can t- introduce to somebody who has no desire. Um, like another game that I would mention that's been really cool is Mario Maker. Uh, I introduced like so just so i can throw another disclaimer the girl that like i am seeing right now 
has been a Sega kid her whole life. She never played Mario ever. It was, it, that's like a weird thing. Like to me, it's really weird. Like, n- like I've never heard that. Oh, I've never played Mario. So showing somebody Mario Maker like to someone like that, you would think, I don't know how well that works, but like if you have them play like one of your levels and then you put together one of their levels, like I think that that that's almost a testament to Mario Maker itself. Like I enjoy the concept of like handing Mario Maker over to somebody and then them like not really knowing the mechanics of Mario all that well, but making a level anyway and then playing through it and fucking around with it. Like just the fact that you can make levels between you and your significant other to play one another. Like I could just imagine like a sticky note on the door. I'm like, Hey, thought of you and then a giant level code fucking that you got to input in your gamepad but there's so very, many very romantic right absolutely <laughs> and why then... have we not seen a proposal uh stages for mario maker yet i'm sure that's gotta be coming oh god i think i feel like that already did happen it probably has i'm not yeah sure. we live in a day and age where like a wrestler was able to propose to his fucking girlfriend that he was wrestling in like, the ring in, yeah. in the ring like and, and people we, ha- and, and people have coded proposals into actual video games. Yes, have, yeah. have actually developed like the same developer behind Never Ending Nightmare, uh, actually coded a game specifically with the goal of like having the ring, uh, or, or with her like getting the message, and then she was even able to pop off the back of the Xbox 360 controller, the battery cover, and find the ring inside because the game told her to do that. And then other people also coded like. I remember this couple, like, their 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 game was Chrono Trigger. Like, that was something they really shared, like, a, a strong bond and intimacy with. And, like, when she was replaying through it, he, like, actually ROM-hacked the game to include this area that was never in there before and discuss, like, memories in, in the game fiction, but memories that they actually had together to the point where, like, he was waiting for her to get to that point where he would walk into the room and propose to her. Like... You know, we we've kind of reached that we we we've been able to reach that pinnacle now and I feel like games are only going to have like some sort like whether it's from the perspective of spectator or cooperative or a mixture of both. I really feel like like Freeze Me is a wonderful example of and they the developers did not pay me to endorse this game. I've just really <laughs> it was it was a fun delightful surprise and like I would actually love to cover it. Um, but like, yeah, there are several different games that are really like just taking that concept. And I, and I really think it has a lot to wait, of weight to it, even to the point where like Andrew was just like, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about that too. It, for me, I think what it comes down to ultimately is that games have gotten to a point now where the experience is so like, it, it's so engrossing and it's like an experience that you just can't stop talking about and you want to tell everyone about it that you want your significant other to be involved. You want your significant other to experience it as well. Maybe they don't get the similar experience. I've talked to several people I know, really close friends that did not like Gone Home. For me, it was life changing. Like I still talk about that game, like one of the best experiences of a game I've ever played. And maybe, maybe that's the the downside to it. Maybe she'll play it, or maybe experience me playing it, and then go, "Well, I, I didn't really like it." And that's gonna be a bummer. But that's their opinion. I just feel like there's those moments now in games where like you don't want to be the only one that's experiencing it. You want to be like, I want to see if you agree with this. You know, I think. Uh, you know, on a level of, hey, let's have a conversation about this. How does this make you feel? Like, what did the story say to you? Like, we're at that level now where these games can transcend just, hey, grab controller number two, I need a healer. Like, it doesn't have to be just, like, the concept of a video game anymore. It doesn't have to be just, well, we need two players because we're going to play Rock Band and I don't want to play the drums. 
it's it's gone to the point where it's like I think this was something that I was really happy to experience. And then not saying that there's nothing bad with that. Hey, like we need a second player. That's fine. Games are supposed to be meant to they're meant to be played. Like it's it's that's you know that's part of the experience too. But I feel like when it comes to stories and interactive storytelling. There's those moments where like man, this was like better than a movie, better than a book. Like I I want you to experience this as well. I want to know what you thought about it. And I think that's where a lot of my cooperative gaming comes from. It's just those experiences. Um, you know, definitely the telltale stuff, uh, you know, the, the really short, like small, like bite size interactive experiences, like more like it is telling a story and it's interactive. It's not really a game. Um, but that's where a lot of it comes from for me. And that, that's what I'm excited about is that now we have those moments in games where those stories are very impactful. Well, with that being said, I think we, we've definitely covered everything that there is to cover about it. And I mean, there's definitely, there could be a game we missed. And if we did, Dude, hit let us know. I'd love to like hear about other games that I could totally uh, introduce or otherwise play in a combat. Like I said, like I never Yoshi's really thought... Woolly World, uh-huh. so good two player. It has the best two player dynamic. I would just love to hear about games that maybe you wouldn't even consider being a co op game. Like, oh, I guess I never saw it like that. Like that's the kind of stuff that's very interesting to me. Yes. Yeah, like La Noire. To me, yeah, that's like... that's actually a really good one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and. Like even then, uh, the witness is like something that like I've I've had fun and toyed around with, but I've I don't know. This may sound really contentious, and I'm sorry, but like I I look at it from my perspective. Like this game overwhelms me. Like why the fuck would I welcome somebody into this fresh hell that I'm experiencing? <laughs> but maybe you know two heads are better than one. Who knows your head better than somebody else who like touches it often? So. Uh, the witness could definitely be like that couple's game, but even then, like Unravel, uh, that's also been like a fun, like just from how adorable it is, and just showing like, okay, so where do you think I should tie this? Um, so I mean, I would love to hear other experiences, or like mm-hmm. you know, again, I would love to hear just new games in general that kind of take those same sentiments, or like introduce other sentiments. I'm about to not only like with this podcast, I'm about to publish. Uh, Catherine soon uh, or a feature about Catherine and talk about why it's the perfect singles game like it's the perfect game to make you feel good about being single like it fundamentally and narratively like I I I totally think that game is a cure for Valentine's so or the Valentine's blues I should say um but yeah there's that we have a ton of other stuff but we'll, we'll go ahead and cover that up with uh you know the uh, end of the episode cleanup. Until then, you guys, episode end? Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we want to thank you guys again for taking the opportunity to listen to Press Pause Radio. Uh, just so that way we can cover that. And again, uh, I I don't really know, but we, we have uh, game games clubs coming up as well as gdc so there's going to be a couple special episodes before we go back to a traditional numbered podcast but uh funny enough i really think by the time that we do hit uh episode 100 it it is going to be the anniversary i want to say that we won't we'll hit episode 100 guaranteed by by march so maybe not but yeah thank you for listening to ppr episode 99 and we really do appreciate uh, again, the fact that we've been doing this for almost seven years and we're just going to fucking keep going. Holy shit. 
Mm -hmm. uh, we have some more videos planned as well as we've got the Life is Strange Games Club. I, I, it's just a matter of scheduling and recording, but we've already got all the content ready for that. Um, I may also do a special Games Club video for Life is Strange as well, uh, like we did with uh, The Wolf Among Us. Uh, I'm not entirely sure yet. Um, as well as uh, the super play that we have planned for Persona Golden as well as Shenmue. I want to do that, but we also have more videos on newer games such as Gravity Rush Remastered, Street Fighter V, as well as Griff Ball from fucking Halo 5 and Halo 5 in general. That's all ready to be uh, talked about and checked out on our YouTube as well as the Press Pause site. And we've got a ton of reviews. Uh, Hero Plus Daughter, the new uh, Neptunia game, as well as um, Street Fighter V and Unravel. And Sarah, you did review more stuff. We also have Five Nights at Freddy's World and Firewatch. And what was the? I'm missing another game, Sarah, that you poured your life into. Uh, oh, the Umihara Kawase. Yeah, Umihara Kawase yeah. trilogy that's on Steam that we we're super stoked on. I mean, yeah. thankfully, it's somewhat of a slow, slow month. But we also and there's also Project Cross Zone too that I'll be covering. But there's tons of features coming to site. We are uh, preparing for GDC coverage as well. I'll be attending GDC. Um, Andrew is going to Evo and I'm going to do my best to accompany him, but we are going to be at Evo. Like, mm -hmm. so there's that. I mean, there, there's definitely cool stuff on the horizon and yeah. And then we've got our anniversary coming up in May and, uh, I, I don't know. I'd love to do a game fest or something of that nature, but it's all just a matter of, uh, us scheduling it. And uh, aside from that, I mean, you can definitely follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, add us on Steam, as well as also follow us on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, one thing that I fucked up uh, because my hardware was messing up at the time, but now I've also been preparing is the weekly Mario Maker streams are coming back. Nice. And I will actually be doing that next week. Uh, I still have a fuckload of levels that you guys sent me. Uh, send more levels. <laughs> Please send more levels. In fact... Uh, I'm also going to see if we can do cool themes that we'll just do live on the show. Uh, but that will be a special limelight that we can do. And I'll, I'll have that ready on the site soon. So keep on the lookout for that. And then uh, other Press Pause Radio Network preparations are almost in order. It's just a matter of editing the site. Uh, as well as I'm also we're working towards doing some change ups. So you can find the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, the website, uh, Scatter Radio. Uh, Spotify, we're just waiting to get our approval. It's been a little long, but we should be on it from what I understand and more. And uh, Stitcher was having some issues, but like they were able to get that maintenance cleaned up and done. So you guys should be able to see that. Oh, and we're on SoundCloud. Why did I forget that? Yeah, we're also on SoundCloud. So check that out. I'm going to start embedding all of our episodes of our past episodes as well that you guys have mentioned into uh, the post as well. So you can listen to it directly off the website until we can fix some feed issues. And that's pretty much it. I think I've covered fucking everything. Mm -hmm. uh, go check out the forums. Like We're really active on the forums right now. You Shut know, we're the engaging fuck with up. The... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, man, they're trying to sell some Nike shoes on that thing. Yeah, they really are. I I really want to replace the forums with like a subreddit that I think we should <laughs> like open up instead. Uh, is that a thing? Can we you, just make, you can just make a subreddit? Yes. Oh, oh fuck. Okay, might as well. Yeah, I, sure. I think that's what I've been planning to do because I, yeah, I've been thinking about that too. I'm like, man, that those, those forums are dumb. So, 
<laughs> I still go in there, man. It's it's nice. It's like, hey, I remember these days. That was good times. They were, <laughs> yeah. Now now it's mostly just like Facebook commentary. So which yeah. you know it's nice. I mean, you, we've got those cool Facebook reactions now, you guys. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Oh uh, yeah. Go. Yeah, special duck hunt one, man. We'll be good to go. Yeah, that would be fucking dope. Be... But anyway, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, if there's anything else, Sarah, that... Uh... Well, Bullet Heaven, we've been on hiatus for like three months, and that's mostly because I've been working on a ton of sound work for various companies around the world. Uh, as soon as more time opens up, uh, it'll start up again. I know the next one that we're going to be doing is Vector Strain, but uh, there's a good uh, selection of maybe about 10 games that I want to get pumped out before summertime so uh hopefully we can get around to that but uh you know sooner rather than later at least uh, you'll start seeing bullet heaven again on uh press pause radio for 2016 there you are go you able, and... are you able to talk about the scramble at all or is that something that's still oh yeah no halifax scramble if you happen to be uh in the area on uh, the 28th of may halifax scramble is going to be uh having its fourth event uh, this time, again, uh, sponsored by Dejica. Uh, the theme this time is four-player shmups, so you'll have a chance to play Darius Burst, as well as uh, other games such as uh, four-player um, Combat Zeal from uh, the Game Center Love plus Pango collection. Uh, also, stuff like four-player uh, Gigawing, four-player Score Rush Extended, which uh, Zona Games is going to be present at the event as well. Um, and and much much more, tons of great prizes and all kinds of fun to be had. Cool. And then finally, if you guys are planning to shop through Amazon, if you guys would like to check out our sidebar there, we have some recommendations that we think would be cool for our listeners. You guys can totally click on that. And doing so, even just shopping, you don't have to buy anything, but just shopping through that widget uh, helps kick down like some. Uh, operation costs and and definitely benefits us so that way we can keep looking into delivering some cool content uh same goes for uh you know our audibles as well as uh, tweaked audio and yeah so other than that you know fucking can can i can i do the mills lane andrew will you let me do the mills lane i don't know what that is is it mills lane or is it the nick diamond it's the nick diamond good i don't know what that is either good night Dude, summary okay. deathmatch, dog. Oh, okay. Damn. On, that's coming back, by the way. You fucking, oh. you 90s babies. You millennials, oh, you. Mm-hmm. Damn, Daniel. Oh, Jesus. Dude, that guy got that. spotted. That poor kid. But he also got a lifetime supply of vans, so, you know, you win some, you lose some. That's right. Damn, Daniel. Damn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back at it again with the white vans. Ah. That's Good my sign off, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there you go. This is Georgie Boy's act. The original Sarah. I already did mine, so okay. Damn, Andrew. Damn. Damn. Damn.